Ron Burgundy. Okay, good afternoon. And welcome to the San Francisco Planning Commission regular hearing for Thursday. I'm sorry, folks, if you need to have continued conversations, you can take them outside, please. We're starting this hearing. Welcome to the San Francisco Planning Commission hearing for Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. To enable public participation, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will receive public comment for discussion and action items on today's agenda. Each speaker will be allowed up to three minutes, and when you have 30 seconds remaining, you will hear a chime indicating your time is almost up. When your allotted time is reached, I will announce that your time is up and take the next person queued to speak. We will take public comment from persons in City Hall first and then open up the remote access lines. For those persons calling in to submit their testimony, you need to call area code 415-655-0001 and enter access code 2663-587-3940 and press pound twice. To comment, you must enter star three to raise your hand, and once you've raised your hand, you will hear a prompt stating that you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear that you are unmuted, that is your indication to begin speaking. For those of you joining us via WebEx, you may log in via the link found on today's agenda and enter password CPC 2023 and use the raised hand icon to raise your hand. Best practices are to call from a quiet location uh, and please mute the volume on your television or computer. For those persons attending in City Hall, we ask that you line up on the screen side of the room or to your right. Please speak clearly and slowly, and if you care to, state your name for the record. Finally, I'll ask that we s silence any mobile devices that may sound off during these proceedings. At this time, I'd like to take roll. Commission President Tanner. Here. Commission Vice President Moore. Here. Commissioner Braun. Here. Commissioner Diamond. Here. Commissioner Imperial. Here. Commissioner Koppel. Here. And Commissioner Ruiz. Here. Thank you, Commissioners. First on your agenda is consideration of items proposed for continuance. Item one, case number 2023-006996 PCA permits to install business signs to historic buildings or buildings in conservation districts in the C3 area. Planning code amendment is proposed for continuance to December 7th, 2023. Item two, case number 2023-005549 PCA Eliminating public art requirement for 100% affordable housing projects. Planning code amendment is proposed for continuance to November 16th, 2023. Item three, case number 2021-010176CUA-2261. Fillmore Street conditional use authorization is proposed for an indefinite continuance. Item four, case number 2021-003953CUA at 2340 Vallejo Street conditional use authorization is proposed for an indefinite continuance. Item five, case number 2022-006620DRP at 961 through 967 Tejaro Street. Discretionary review has been withdrawn. Further commissioners, under your regular calendar, um, due to an illness, the Historic Preservation Commission lost its quorum again uh, for this matter and um, postpone this matter until next Wednesday for a special hearing. They don't normally meet on the second Wednesday, but they will to um, consider item 16 
for case number 2023-008250 PCA and MAP for the Nonprofit Arts Education Special Use District Planning Code and Zoning Map Amendments. And so today we are requesting that you continue this again for one week to November 9th, 2023. Commissioners, if we could take up all the matters separately from item two, Commissioner Ruiz is requesting um, recusal from item two, or we could take up item two first. Um, Certainly. To get that out of the way. Yeah, is there perhaps a motion on item two, noting that Commissioner Ruiz is recused? Um, before, she have to recuse her first? We should take public oh, comment Oh, public first. comment, yes, yeah. good idea, thank you. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on any of these items being proposed for continuance, only on the matter of continuance. Again, if you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed and your continuance calendar is now before you. Commissioner Koppel. Move to recuse Commissioner Ruiz. Second. Thank you, commissioners. On that motion to recuse Commissioner Ruiz from item two, Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Ruiz. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Koppel. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner. Aye. So move, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously, seven to zero. Uh, do we have a motion for item two? Move to continue item two. Second. Thank you, commissioners. On that motion to continue item two, Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Koppel. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner. Aye. So move, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously, six to zero. Is there a motion, a motion on the remainder of the continuance calendar? Commissioner Imperial. Move to continue the remaining um, items in the continuance calendar. That's proposed. Second. 16. Including item? Including item number 16. I second that as well. Very good, commissioners. On that motion to continue the remaining items as proposed, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Tanner? Aye. So move, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero, and we'll place this under your consent calendar. All matters listed here under constituted consent calendar are considered to be routine by the Planning Commission and may be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the Commission. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the Commission, the public or staff, so requests in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item at this or a future hearing. Item six, case number 2022-006094-CUA-2999, California Street, unit number 503, conditional use authorization. Item seven, case number 2022-006347-CUA-3420 18th Street, units 204, 402, and 403, conditional use authorization. Item eight, Case number 2022-006178-CUA at 750 Van S Avenue, unit number 1103, conditional use authorization. Item nine, case number 2022-006503-CUA at 750 Van S Avenue, unit number 1303, conditional use authorization. And item 10, case number 2022-006187-CUA at 750 Van S Avenue, number 201. Conditional use authorization. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to request that any of these items be removed from the <laughs> consent calendar. If you're in the chambers, you need to come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no requests to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed 
and the consent calendar is now before you. Move to approve items six through 10. Second. Second. Thank you, commissioners, on that motion to um, approve your items <laughs> under your consent calendar. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Tanner? Aye. So move, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously seven to zero, placing us under commission matters, item 11, the land acknowledgement. Great, thank you. The commission acknowledges that we are in the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland, and we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you. Item 12, consideration of adoption draft minutes for September 14, 2023, and the draft minutes for October 19, 2023. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the Commission on their minutes. Again, if you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, public comment is closed and your minutes are now before you, commissioners. Is there a motion on the minutes? Move to adopt the minutes. Second. Thank you, commissioners, on that motion to adopt your minutes. Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Ruiz. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. And just to clarify, this is both sets of minutes. Yes. Correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So move, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously 7 to 0. <laughs> Item 13, Commission comments and questions. Commissioner Imperial? Yeah, I just want to, um, I, I believe this weekend we received a letter from the Committee Equity Council regarding the equity, um, I guess the, they named it as Equity Vision of downtown, which I would like to applaud them and um, sending us that kind of vision for an equity, you know, as we're thinking or going through the process of downtown recovery. And I also I just want to highlight too, because I think two weeks ago I went to um, SFMOMA and that was the time that um, the first exhibition was the, the Filipino artist Presita Bad. And that was my first time actually um, going to SFMOMA um, exhibiting a Filipino artist and that was the day that it was free for the community and it was a really elevating moment for me. Um, I don't usually go to SFMOMA because usually I can't relate to the art exhibitions but I think the the letter that the um, Community Equity Council kind of um, also um, you know it elevates as to what the experience or try the vision that they would also like to express um, or what the, the downtown should look like in terms of the theaters, um, the auditoriums that, um, you know, making also the, the BIPOC community or the communities that's been there to be part of their, um, of their exhibits or, you know, and to highlight the cultural, um, you know, aspects of our, of our city. So, um, I would like to applaud that, and, and also I'd like to applaud SFMOMA for having a community day, and it was free ticket for everyone. 
and that was the first time where I would hear like the Filipino music, the, the traditional Filipino music ringing throughout the theater. And I thought that was really beautiful that they did that. And until now, the exhibit's still open. Um, <laughs> and um, also, so I would just like to encourage other, um, you know, uh, theaters around the city to also to be open to other cultural aspects that makes our San Francisco thriving. So thank you. Awesome. That's great. I got to go to the De Young on a free day as well. So that was a good time to go. And I'm glad to hear about the exhibit. We'll have to check it out. Commissioner Moore? Uh, I am reading and experiencing that major California uh, insurance companies are leaving the state of California. That is USAA, that is Farmers, that is Allstate. And the list is quite lengthy. This is starting to have an effect on rental buildings and all other uh, living uh, units in, in the city. Uh, I would like to the department to become aware of what they hear because the consequences are quite dire. One cannot own or buy a residence. One cannot live in a residence without having insurance and there are different types of insurances. Uh, I am wondering where that is moving California. The state is very mum in terms of responding and helping. And at this moment, out-of-state, non-California licensed insurers are offering insurances at about three and three and a half times the price of what home insurance costs in the past. I see that to be a major impact on everybody, owners, renters, etc., cetera, uh, because it will make it untenable uh, to occupy a residential unit or a home. I'd like the department to track that and let the public know of what you hear. The information is still very spotty and nobody really can give you an answer of what to do if your insurance is being canceled. Thank you. I second that, and I had our policy was not renewed by our insurance company, so. I am in the same position. Yeah, so it's very, very real challenge. Are there any other comments or questions from commissioners? Okay, great. Okay, seeing none, department matters, item 14, director's announcements. Item 15, review of past events at the Board of Supervisors, Board of Appeals, and the Historic Preservation Commission. Uh, good afternoon, Commissioners. Aaron Starr, Manager of Legislative Affairs. This week, the Land Use Committee considered the proposed SUD at 45th and Wawona for the Irish Cultural Center. Um, this hearing, this was heard by the Planning Commission on July 27th of this year, and you recommended approval. After Planning Commission's approval, however, it came to light that this change needed to be brought to the Coastal Commission. Um, as a result, the item has been stalled at the board for a few weeks. Um, this week, the sponsor of the ordinance, Joe Engardio, proposed amendments to the ordinance indicating that the ordinance was required to be sent to the Coastal Commission. Those amendments uh, were made and accepted. There were uh, several public commenters on this item, mostly an objection to the proposal. There was also some sharp criticism of the Planning Department and its failure to send it to the Coastal Commission. The item was eventually continued to November 27th because the amendments were substantive. Next, the committee considered the mayor's ordinance um, titled Citywide Expansion of Allowable Commercial Res Restaurant and Retail Uses. Um, the goal of this ordinance is to build on Prop H and the Small Business Recovery Acts. Um, the ordinance reduces barriers to small business um, when opening or expanding 
into a new space. Uh, the ordinance also allows more business types to be pr principally permitted on the ground floor in commercial areas. The Planning Commission heard this item on September 7th and recommended approval with modifications. The first three modifications have been incorporated into the ordinance. Those were one, combining the priority processing and CB3B programs since they are largely overlapping and create confusion. Two, eliminating the Mission Street Formula Retail Restaurant Subdistrict because the ordinance ch changes made this subdistrict redundant. And three, uh, mirroring the LCC use size limitations for the new eligible districts. The last reg recommended modification was to continue the, to regulate retail professional services and non-retail professional services separately and maintain two separate definitions because of the different impacts they have on the neighborhood. The ordinance retains the status quo of keeping the two definitions. Um, however, it now allows for non-retail professional services on the ground floor with conditional use authorization in most neighborhoods. OSB Director Tang provided a summary of the amendments incorporating Planning Commission's recommend recommendations as noted, as well as other recommendations in response to supervisors' concerns and discussions with community members. Supervisors Peskin, Ronan, and Melgar expressed concerns about the difficulty for small business owners in getting through the permitting process beyond planning code regulations, and cited examples where applicants were provided wrong information by DBI, DPH, and other permitting agencies. Supervisor Ronan urged the departments to provide um, restitution to applicants to help uh, respond to the wasted time and money when applicants are misinformed. There were seven public comments about um, half in support in, of the legislation for this effort to make it easier for small businesses to open. Some public commenters agreed with the supervisor's comments that there would need to be better coordination between the two agencies um, to respond to and guide applicants. Chell Mer Char Melgar made the motion to adopt the um, recommendations as described by Dr. Tang, and the item was continued to November 27th. Lastly, the mayor's constraints reduction ordinance was considered by the committee. Supervisor Melgar gave opening remarks about how she's working with the mayor's office on amendments to resolve some of the outstanding issues. She also addressed the standards and practices letter sent by HCD. Uh, she then indicated that the amendments were not yet uh, signed to form and that the item would be continued. Supervisor Mandelman was there as well and introduced amendments um, that would remove the conditional use requirement in the Corona Heights SUD and the central neighborhood's large SUD, large homes SUD, to replace it with a cap on unit size. The ordinance was duplicated and Mandelman's amendments were added to the duplicated file. The duplicated file will be coming back to you for your review and recommendation um, because the amendments were not considered by you before. There were public commenters, most of them in opposition to the ordinance, but f um, fewer than other hearings. Uh, at the end of the hearing, the item was continued to November 27th. And then finally, at the full board this week, the Nighttime Entertainment Castro Street Neighbor Commercial District amendments passed their second read. And that concludes my report. If Thank you. Commissioner Moore, did you have a comment on this yeah, item? Thank you, Mr. Starr. If there are no uh, questions for Mr. Starr, the Board of Appeals did meet last night um, and took action on one case of interest to the Commission. The building permit for an addition to a home at 1334 12th Avenue was heard as a discretionary review by the Planning Commission in September of last year. While the hearing was somewhat contentious, the Commission ultimately voted unanimously to not take DR and approve the project with modifications made prior to the hearing. The DR requester appealed the permit to the Board of Appeals, and last night's discussion focused primarily on the accuracy of the project's plans, 
which had been revised post-DR to address some inaccuracies related to the adjacent building. The board was eventually satisfied with the accuracy of the plans, especially with DBI's assurance of a pre-construction inspection. The board determined that the project was consistent with the residential design guidelines and voted unanimously to deny the appeal. The Historic Preservation Commission did meet yesterday as well. Uh, and there are two matters I think that might be of interest to the Planning Commission. The first being a state density bonus project at, e, at the property at 2395 Sacramento Street, um, certificate of appropriateness for a landmark building, uh, Ida, uh, landmark number 115, uh, that proposed a seven story over a basement addition um, at the east elevation and a six story addition at the south elevation. Uh, there were quite a large number of community folks come out in opposition to the increase in height and impact to their district. Um, however, the Historic Preservation Commission ended up approving with amendments to include a condition that staff review final materials for compatibility and treatment of the sandstone to meet the Secretary of Interior standards and to include a finding recommending that the um, interior art murals be preserved once they are removed. The second item that may have be of interest to the Planning Commission was uh, their adoption of a recommendation, recommendation for approval to landmark the Alexandria Theater at 5400 Gary Boulevard. Commissioners, with that, we can move on to general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission except agenda items. With respect to agenda items, your opportunity to address the commission will be afforded when the item is reached in the meeting. Each member of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes. When the number of speakers exceed the 15-minute limit, general public comment may be moved to the end of the agenda. Three minutes, please. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Georgia Shooters. If you look on the overhead, please, there it is. I sent you some photos on Saturday, and the key photo to me was from this, which you can read it, says, please do not disturb tenants. This is a pair of flats that sold in the end of 2020 for 1.4 million. They were remodeled, they got their permits really fast. Within a month, they got permits. They had several different permits. They got them fast. It just sold in July. They started work in uh, the, it took them about a year to do the work, but they got their permits fast. So they just sold it for just under five million. And the problem was that um, they only advertised one kitchen and the photos only showed one kitchen. And here is the original kitchen. The lower flat was uh, unoccupied. The upper flat, as that showed, was definitely occupied. There's the kitchen and the sink was off to the side. Totally remodeled, totally redone. So my point is the residential flat policy needs to be codified so the original configuration, the allocation of rooms, which include a hallway with rooms at either end, usually the kitchen at one end, the living areas in the front, rooms off the side, needs to be preserved because that's the only way you're going to preserve these flats, I think. And that's what you wanted to do when you passed Resolution 20024. She said it's a typology of housing that satisfies middle-income housing for families. Um, so in the meantime, I learned that there was an enforcement because someone 
also, like me, looked at the ad, but they thought that they were connected interior, the interior stairway. It was obvious to me that they weren't, so I didn't think an enforcement was necessary. The only thing that puzzled me was where was the second kitchen? So, overhead again, please. So the enforcement staff went there, and this is the kitchen that replaced the kitchen I just showed you. And it's basically in a little room like a closet. And to me, you know, I know you proved that uh, group housing last week, this kitchen's not much better, or not much larger, I should say, than that. So you went from this kitchen to that kitchen. So that's, that's why I think the, the interior layout, original configuration of flats needs to be preserved if you want to preserve, if the commission wants to preserve, if the city's policy is to preserve this type of housing because I think the findings that you made are pretty clear, and I've sent them before, and I think the main thing is, given that market rate housing is frequently not accessible to moderate income families, making between 80 to 120% of area median income, that was in your findings, that still prevails today, and that's why it'd be good when you codify the policy to make objective standards for about how the interior is laid out. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Shooters. I do want to invite those who are standing in front of the door to move to the side of the room or find a seat. You can't block the door. Thank you. Okay, last call for general public comment. Oh, excuse me. We have some remote callers. Let's go to our remote callers. Oh, you have? Yes. Come on up. Good afternoon, President and members of San Francisco Planning Committee. Thank you for the opportunity to speak today. My name is Angela Adams, and I'm a field representative of Northern California Carpenters Union Local 22 here in San Francisco. I represent approximately 37,000 union carpenters in Northern California, almost 4,000 of which are members of Local 22 here in the city of San Francisco. I built my career as a carpenter doing metal framing and drywall in the field for 16 years. Now I am beginning my journey as an organizer for the Carpenters Union. I'm truly honored to have been given the opportunity for such a great position. This is my chance to give back to, to an organization that has changed the construction industry for the better and to help the next diverse generation of skilled professionals succeed in this industry. So I'm here to introduce myself to the commission and to talk a little bit about the Carpenter Union core values. We believe that the construction workers deserve their fair share as they build San Francisco and beyond. We believe in area standards, wage and benefits as required for labor, for labor standards for carpenters. We believe that developers should, have held, should be held accountable when they're proposed developments in our city. Sorry if I'm messing up. So I ask today, so our ask today is that the Planning Commission help San Francisco achieve these core values for construction workers in the city. A lot has been done here, but there's still, there's still a long way to go. Thank you for your time and your service. Thank you. Seeing no other members of the public in the chambers coming forward, let's go to our remote callers. Eileen Bogan with Speak. 
Hopefully Chan is able to display the PDF which speaks submitted. On October 30th, the board's Land Use and Transportation Committee met with agenda item number one, being the Wawona Street and 45th Avenue Cultural Center Special Use District. The committee start time was 1.30, and yet at 1.01 p.m., 29 minutes before the committee start time, the department sent a document to the committee. That document is 500 and 509 pages long. This document is now posted on the board's website under file number 230505. Speak has confirmed with the committee clerk that this is the only document sent by the department on October 30th for this item. In this document, starting at page 387, are multiple references to the adjacent property at 2700 Slope. On page 455, which is on display, is a schematic. On the right side in purple is marked proposed project. This is 2745th Avenue. On the left side in orange is marked cumulative project 2700 Slope Boulevard. This suggests that the end game is a lot merger similar to 2800 Slope, which is also known as the Westerly. The Westerly merged the Roberts Motel and Doggy Diner lots with the city vacating the street in between. During the meeting itself, the past Planning Commission President and current committee chair stated that the document was only three pages long and went on to suggest that the committee could read those three pages during the meeting and vote on it at the end of that committee meeting. That being said, the committee action was to continue the item. Thank you. Okay, last call for general public comment. If you're in the chambers, you need to come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Let's go to our remote caller. Uh, this is Sylvester. I was disappointed that the planning director didn't give a report on the letter command from the state that came down right before your meeting last week. It wasn't reported at last week and it wasn't reported on today. Planning Commission, please ask for a written report on that at the next meeting. In fact, a written report should be issued tomorrow when the calendar comes out. Um, I can't figure out what is going on right now because there is a lot of mandates from the state about building projects, and they are in fact taking approvals away from the Planning Commission and changing it to administrative approvals by staff. That is something that is a really big change in how the Planning Department has worked for 40, 50 years. Planning Department, give a report to the Planning Commission and the public. So I'm asking for the report to be posted online in an easily accessible place and it to be explained. I sent a letter to the Commission and to the Planning Department staff and to the Board of Permit Appeals last Friday asking questions. For example, one of the questions is very dear to me is that when people put on the ballot standards to be used or processes to be used 
for approving projects, and I give you Prop M, which was uh, uh, voted on by the people in 1986, setting a limit on office development. That was put on the ballot, adopting criteria for approving projects, 101.1 of the planning code. And when Supervisor Maher put on the ballot Proposition K to protect parks from sunlight, particularly Portsmouth Square, it was uh, um, um, amended into the planning code by the people in the city. So please have a report at the next meeting in writing. Thank you. Okay, final last call for general public comment. Just want to note we did hear a verbal report from the director last week about noting the letter. Uh, I think we've all received a copy and have had a chance to review it, and I believe it was stated we would discuss it next week. Um, so you may have missed that part of the meeting, Ms. Hester. Commissioner Diamond? Um, it, in reading the report, I had some of the same questions Ms. Hester did, which is our uh, some of the edicts that were in the HCD report seem to be in direct conflict with ballot adopted um, language and I think it would be useful to have the city attorney uh, weigh in on the how that plays out yeah. I same, had same questions as well director Hillis yeah just as far as timing I think we're our plan is to have it on December 7th we're coming to you already with um, a summary of all state laws because there are a lot of them that passed this past session so that as well as uh, the, the HCD report. I think you meant the ninth though, because the seventh is oh, sorry. Tuesday. Yeah. Right. First, Thank you. First meeting. Very good commissioners. With that, we can move on to your regular calendar. Item 16 was continued one week to November 9th. Placing us on item 17 for case number 2018-008802-MAP for the property at 68 Nantucket Avenue. This is... Uh, a zoning map amendment. All right. Good afternoon, President Tanner and Commissioners, Carabella Panto of Department Staff. The item before you is a request for a zoning map amendment to sectional map ZN11 to rezone two parcels. Block 3144B, lots 27A and 36A, also known as 16 Nantucket, from uh, public P to residential um, house one family arch one zoning district, which was initiated by this commission on September 28th. The subject par parcels are two irregular shaped uh, lots located along uh, Bart's exterior rail line between Glen Park Station and Balboa Park Station and at the northwest section of Nantucket Avenue. Until 2017, the subject par parcels approximately 1,900 square feet in combined size were owned by BART. The parcels were currently pur were purchased by the current owner at 62 Nantucket Avenue and are currently underdeveloped. The subject parcels are located within the outer Mission neighborhood and within a predominantly residential neighborhood. The immediate neighborhood includes two to three-story residential developments, and the immediate zoning is RH1. As of today, the department has only received one inquiry regarding, regarding the proposed ordinance, no proposed correspondence in opposition or in support. 
Staff recommends that the commission approve the pro proposed ordinance and adopt the associated resolution to that effect for the following reasons. The proposed ordinance supports the housing elements goals to expand housing opportunities for local residents and their families while strengthening neighborhood viability and will enhance the city's implementation of the housing element. The proposed ordinance will expand small and mid-rise family housing production within an area that uh, connects to jobs and uh, public transportation. This concludes staff's presentation. I'm available for any questions, and the project sponsor does have a presentation for you all. Project sponsor, you have five minutes. Everyone, my name is Darren. I'm the homeowner for the uh, property in question. Uh, so I did have a presentation, but a lot of it is redundant with what Gabriella just said, so I'm just going to voice over it. Uh, so essentially, you know, there's two properties in question, or one property in question. I own uh, both, 68 Nantucket, which is the one that we're talking about, as well as the adjacent house, uh, 62 Nantucket. And what I'm really asking for is essentially to rezone the 68 Nantucket property, which previously was owned by BART, um, but sold to a previous owner, which, you know, when I bought the house, it came with the property. And the reason I'm looking to do that is because I wanted the flexibility to be able to uh, develop something in the future. There's no concrete plans yet. Right now, the ask is really just to rezone. Um, so I think, in a nutshell, that's, that's the proposal. Thank you. Okay, if that concludes sponsor's presentation, we should open up public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this item. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, public comment is closed, and this item is now before you, commissioners. Seems like a reasonable request. Um, we'd entertain a motion to approve. Commissioner Moore? Reasonable request to move to approve. Second. Second. Thank you, commissioners, on that motion to approve the zoning map amendment. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Tanner? Aye. So move, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously 7 to 0, and we'll place this on item 18 for case number 2022-12254 CUA at 2001 37th Avenue Conditional Use Authorization. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Jeff Horn, Planning Department staff, and President Tanner. Uh, <clears throat> item before you is a request for conditional use authorization to amend an existing planned unit development to allow for the expansion of an existing private uh, secondary school with a rear yard modification within the RH1 zoning district and for the removal of existing dwelling units. The project site is located within the Sunset neighborhood, the AP Gianni Middle School and Sunset Community Garden Ortega Branch Library, West Sunset Playground and Fields, and Sunset Elementary School are located to the north. San Francisco uh, Park and Recreation Sports Field are located to the west. Uh, Sunset Parkway consisting of 36th Avenue, Sunset Boulevard, and 37th Avenue, and the landscape median are located to the east. The prominent uses in the immediate area are two-story low-density, uh, mostly single-family residential homes, including uh, directly to the west, of the site. The school is operated in this location at 2001 37th Avenue in the Sunset District since 1969. 
Originally an all-boys school, the school became co-ed in 1989 and made improvements that were undertaken as part of a planned unit development. Uh, subsequent further modifications have occurred. Most recently, in 2018, a new 100 student middle school was added to the campus. School's campus occupies a total area of 495,000 square feet, approximately 11.4 acres. It is developed currently with approximately 300,000 square feet of secondary school facilities. The product proposes the expansion of the existing private school, St. Ignatius College Prep, and the, uh, through the demolition of five buildings that are grouped together on the north side of the project, and the construction of a new addition to the existing main academic building. The buildings to be demolished total approximately 60,000 square feet in area and ranging in one to three stories in height. They include a chapel, dining hall with kitchens, administrative offices, a garage, and a 34-room dormitory. The dormitory rooms were historically uh, and have been for Jesuit community members working at the school. Currently, eight members of the Jesuit community live in the rooms, three of whom work at the school. With the project, three members would move to a house within San Francisco owned by the uh, project sponsor, and five, other, five members would move to other Jesuit residences within the greater San Francisco Bay Area. No increase in enrollment or staffing is proposed. With implement, implementation of the proposed project, the overall square footage of the campus buildings would be approximately 444,000. The proposed addition would be 40 feet tall, uh, with three stories over a basement, and approximately 182,000 square feet. The height of the proposed addition would match the height of the existing main academic building. The addition would provide new flexible educational spaces, a chapel, a dining area, and kitchen. The addition would be set back approximately 36 feet from the north property line towards the Sunset Community Garden. The project would also construct uh, a new retaining wall along the north property line. The project, including all demolition and construction, would be limited to the 1.9 acre portion, uh, northern portion of the site along 37th Avenue. The project is requesting a rear yard, rear yard modification. Uh, the site is zoned RH1, and therefore is required to have a 25% or 30% rear yard under current code. Uh, the project seeks 30% uh, rear yard at the location of uh, the development would be equal to approximately a 72-foot rear yard. The project is seeking a rear yard modification to provide a setback of approximately 25 feet and 6 inches. Uh, to note, in this place, there is currently existing school um, facilities and buildings are located within the required rear yard. They're legal non-compliant from that 1966 era approval, um, and those structures are set back currently at the closest 21 feet, 8 inches from that rear property line. Uh, just in regards to the dormitory removal and the request for Section 317 approval, uh, so, again, these are dormitories being removed. Um, these have never been rented out to the public, and any residents have never paid any nominal uh, fee to stay in the rooms. Um, and under, to note, under the, uh, the city, um, under the admin code, that rental units that are in association with uh, a school use, effectively dormitories, are not subject to the Rent and Stabilization uh, Act and Arbitration Ordinance. Uh, the project is because of the nature of a, a nonprofit in the school and their mechanisms to receive funding. They are asking for some additional time to implement the project. Um, conditions of approval that the commission uh, 
sees in the standard form one, two, and three, validity, expiration, renewal, and diligent pursuit. Uh, our template language usually has a three-year time period to f uh, issue a building permit to vest uh, this, the conditional use authorization. Um, in all three of cases, we have extended that to a five-year within the draft motion. Uh, I've also, in a revised motion sent to the commission earlier this morning, uh, in the condition number two, the expiration and renewal, um, the product description of, or in the case report had referenced a potential 10 to 15 year timeframe for the construction of the, the west wing of this project. Um, the case report included exhibit C, which showed the majority of phase one of this project that the sponsor is pursuing, which is relative 80 to so present of the structure before you today. Uh, the remainder of that is hopefully to be constructed in the future when additional financing can be uh, can be received fought, uh, or attained. Um, the condition of approval or the modification does put a strict 20-year time limit on any work or permits under this conditional use authorization. If they're unable to get uh, work started on that remaining portion within that 20-year time period, then they would need to come back to modify or seek a new condition, um, conditional use authorization. Uh, let's see. In, uh, in total, the department's received um, approximately 35 letters in opposition, and I think the commission packets included a petition from roughly 55 members, all from the Sunset Community Garden. They're in opposition to the project in regards to potential impacts to light and air and sh new shadows onto uh, the garden located to the north of the project site. And 100 letters in support have been received in the project for the project. Again, overall, the department finds the project is consistent with the objectives and policies of the general plan. The project maintains uh, and expands an educational use, uh, which is in support of families and children in San Francisco. The project will not re result in the removal of any residential units or rent-controlled unit or rent-controlled units, uh, and that includes staff's presentation. We're available for any questions. Thank you. Before we go to the project sponsor presentation, I know um, Commissioner Diamond needs to make a disclosure. Did you have your hand up, Commissioner Moore? Commissioner Diamond. Um, the architect for this project is Mark Kevin and Associates. Um, I work with them on another project related to the implementation of Temple Emanuel. That project is completely unrelated to this project, so I believe I can be completely impartial and neutral in assessing this project. Thank you. Great, thank you. Project sponsor through the chair, you have eight minutes, um, and then Organized opposition will follow up to 10 minutes. Each individual speaker will be provided two minutes. Uh, we, we have a presentation that we would like to load onto the computer. I mean, we have a, sure, go ahead. a minute to do that. Good afternoon. My name is Michelle Nevin Levine, and I'm the principal at St. Ignatius College Prep. I've worked at SI for 29 years, serving as principal for the last five. 
I'm a proud native and attended Mercy High School, San Francisco State University, and the University of San Francisco. Does the presentation, is the presentation showing? Okay. Sorry. It's okay. SI has been educating the youth of San Francisco since 1855. We've been in the city for 168 years and have been a force for good for that period and want to continue serving the community. SI educates its 1,500 students to be leaders who work for justice, who are loving, intellectual, spiritual, and open to growth. We are a diverse Jesuit school with over 60% of the student body identifying as people of color. In alignment with our Jesuit mission, we added the Father Sauer Academy to our campus seven years ago, a full scholarship middle school. All of our academy students qualify for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and these students live in San Francisco or neighboring areas. FSA students remain on full scholarship throughout high school. We take pride in our San Francisco history and our commitment to offering the highest quality education to students regardless of economic status. We award over $6.5 million every year in financial assistance to SI families in need. Service is an integral part of an SI education. Students are challenged to be leaders within our local community by helping to address important social needs through action. Last year, SI students logged over 50,000 community service hours. As you can see, we partner with over 100 nonprofit organizations, and students are engaged in social justice and community service work daily. The current school, which is 55 years old, simply does not have the space to teach in the methods demanded by modern standards. It won't surprise you to hear that teaching and learning has changed tremendously over the last 20 years, and student attention spans have declined as social media use has increased. The modern adolescent brain craves a high level of engagement that includes project-based learning and the ability to collaborate. We've made the best out of every single square inch of our existing building carving out learning spaces, partitioning, and makeshifting. Our teachers have adapted to introducing new material through various methods, including integrating frequent opportunities to move and work in groups. Data shows that students learn best through experiential learning when they're able to design, mold and sculpt, code, build, and test machines. We simply need more space to accommodate the needs of our students. In addition, the need to provide more office and meeting space for our support staff, counselors, learning specialists, affinity group moderators has become very apparent. Currently, every classroom is in use for every period of the day for curricular instruction. The buildings at the north end of campus need to be replaced with a building that meets current seismic codes and will give our students and teachers the much needed space to collaborate and connect. Currently, space issues frequently require students and group moderators to meet on Zoom, which I think we all agree is not ideal, and to arrive early in the morning or stay late in the evening simply because there's no meeting room available during school hours. We plan to work with the building trades and contract with 100% union workers to ensure quality craftsmanship, to support local hires, and provide pathways to apprenticeship programs for our local residents. We care very much about our city. We want to continue to contribute and excel in developing young people well prepared for college, for work, and people who will step out into the community and have a positive impact for generations to come. We want to do this work on site and in San Francisco. Thank you for your time and your service. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Felicia Dunham. I'm with Mark Cavaniero Associates Architects. Uh, San Ignatius, the St. Ignatius Project 
is planned for the north end of the campus and proposes to replace existing seismically deficient buildings with an addition to provide that much needed space that Michelle was just talking about. During design, St. Ignatius hosted three community meetings to inform neighbors about the project, including a special meeting with the adjacent community garden members and a follow-up visit to their garden. The addition is needed to create larger, more flexible learning spaces that support the project-based learning and collaboration um, that in a way that the 1969 building just was never designed to do. The new footprint is approximately the same as the buildings being demolished. To reduce the impact on the, on the community garden to the north, the building is voluntarily set back from the school district property by more than 35 feet. It's, it's 35 foot 10 inches. Uh, even though no side setback is required in this zoning. This translates to approximately 26,000 square feet of education space that St. Ignatius is electing not to build. The new three-story addition aligns with the roof of the existing academic building and conforms to the height limit. The parapet and the mechanical equipment are stepped back from the north edge to reduce the shadow impact to the community garden. The addition will provide St. Ignatius with modern learning environments to complement the existing traditional classrooms. It's designed to harmonize with the existing buildings on the campus through scale and massing and by matching the setbacks on 37th Avenue. The main entrance is being relocated slightly to the north where the new and the old are joined as a way to honor the past while moving forward to the future. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, if that concludes project sponsor's presentation, we should uh, hear from the organized opposition. Are Lance Mellon, Nancy Murphy, and Alex Lee here? Okay, come on up. You each have two minutes. Uh, if you have five persons with you, you could get the full ten minutes, but... Right here. Each of you have two minutes, yes. Hi, my name is Lance Mellon. I'm the coordinator of the Sunset Community Garden. Um, I'm here to talk about our garden. It's a, a small piece of paradise in San Francisco. Um, SI wants to put up a large building that's going to shade us out four months of the year. Um, the project does not meet the required CUP because it is detrimental to the garden and community. Our garden relies on direct sunlight all year long to survive. We requested a shadow study one year ago and just got the study two weeks ago. For this reason, we are asking for a continuance or a postponement or a denial of this addition. Um, as I proposed, uh, addition causes significant shading, as I mentioned. Um, they want to be a good neighbor, and we've met with them, and, and they're really good people, okay? But they said they want to be a good neighbor and compromise with us. We asked the commission to deny or continue this project to another date so SI can work with us as a good neighbor to modify the design, which they've indicated is a possibility. We've also we've discussed stepping down the north side of their addition. Other alternatives include allowing the garden to take over a trail to the north of our garden, which is owned by uh, SFUSD, um, the, the school district. Um, 
and re relocate some of our plots that would be shaded by their design in that location. We need time to explore these options. For that reason, we are asking for uh, a postponement or a continuance. Um, just so you know who we are, uh, we are the oldest community garden in San Francisco. Uh, we've won many, many awards, including the, the, the most beautiful garden in San Francisco in 1975 and received a grant. We've also received Thank grants. Thank you, sir. That, that is your time. You would have to go to the next speaker in your organized opposition group. All right. Thank you very much. Am I able to plug in? Or? Sure. Yeah, so um, um, here's a, here's a picture of our community garden in context. The, the red is uh, the, the boundary of our community garden. Um, the existing building, I would note here, does not cast shadows on the current garden. So if you're looking at the uh, Section 303 conditional usages plan uh, or, or code here, um, we feel that it doesn't fulfill these particular requirements highlighted in yellow. Um, specifically here in 1A, uh, if you can kind of note it as a compatibility with neighborhood and community, we've been a neighbor for over 50 years. Um, this uh, impact has, will go from non-impact at all to impact of four months of the year. Um, design considerations around this impact have not been made despite requests in advance. Uh, 1C, uh, design compatibility with the district. Design does not really adhere to the look and feel of the neighborhood as a whole in the Sunset District or the Outer Sunset. 2A, health and safety and general welfare um, is what I would bucket that as. Uh, impacts in general welfare during winter months. Um, everybody, 54 families use this public space uh, year-round, um, growing all, all times of the year. Impact of dust and debris from construction on um, food and plants that people eat as well as people um, hanging out in the area. Uh, 2B, accessibility of traffic patterns, removal of off-street parking. And then uh, if you kind of take a look here at the shadow study, um, there's four here, but I'm just going to focus on winter solstice. In winter solstice, the significant shading happens all year long, on, on, uh, or all, all for four months, um, November through February. But this is the largest impact where you see most of the garden is actually shadowed uh, almost all day. Um, this is you know, something to note that this is four months of the year completely, not just point in time. Thank you, but that is your time. Good afternoon. My name is Nancy Murphy, and I have been a homeowner just around the corner. I'm sorry, Nancy. Could you pull the mic down so we can okay. hear you? Thank you. There we go. Over there. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Good afternoon. My name is Nancy Murphy, and I have been a homeowner just around the corner from St. Ignatius for 29 years. I've been a member of the Sunset Community Garden for four and a half years. We're fortunate in San Francisco to have mild climates year-round. 
and this enables us to garden year-round, including the winter months of November through February. Shadowing of our garden during these winter months will hamper the growth of our vegetables, flowers, fruit trees, and berry vines. The garden needs sunlight. Here is a photo of my garden plot that I took in March of this year. I started planting in November of last year, 2022, and what you see is mustard greens, Swiss chard, parsley, spinach, onions, sweet peas, and marigolds. You can fit a lot in a small space. Planting during the winter months takes a lot of patience, but sunlight is essential. We have other concerns, but shadowing is of utmost concern. We, we request that you either deny the current design plans or vote for a continuance so that SI may redesign the building plans to limit the shadowing of our garden. We have over 50 years as a community garden, and there are so few gardens in San Francisco that it would be a shame for our garden to be sacrificed. Please help save our community garden. Thank you. Thank you. Does that conclude organized opposition? Yes. Very good. Then members of the Sorry, are you part of the group, sir? Yes. This group? Folks, is he part of your group? Yes, for the public comment. Okay. Go ahead. You have two minutes. My name is Mike. I've been a member for 20 years in the garden. And um, we're the oldest garden, uh, community garden in the city. And it's actually the number two spot for birds of the community gardens. So if there's no sun, there's going to be no birds showing up for any flowers because there won't be any flowers. And a lot of our members live in uh, apartment buildings, and they don't have any backyards. This is their only chance to get some dirt underneath their fingers. And we have a lot of seniors who are disabled. They have walkers, and they just come to the garden, hang out, get some sunlight, and water the garden. It's uh, therapeutic for them. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. With that, we'll open up public comment uh, for the remainder of folks who are interested in speaking. Again, if you're in the chambers, please line up on the screen side of the room. And if you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. You also don't have to line up all at once. Folks can wait until folks have finished speaking and taken their seats, and then you can join the line. As you can see, it will be quite lengthy. Thank you. Go ahead. You can start. Good afternoon. My name is Sophia Perdomo. I'm an eighth grader at the Father Sour Academy, and I'm here to represent my school. We are all excited to see the new space and building being considered at a site. We believe it will provide more opportunities for students to grow as a community and make friends by using the new and modern areas that the building will create. As FSA students, we also feel that the, that the new classrooms and common areas that are going to be built will help us grow academically and socially. Seeing the beautiful photos of our future school makes us proud. We feel like we belong to a community that cares about sustainability. 
We want to be able to promote the potential to fully enjoy the pretty views and the ocean that surrounds our school. Some thoughts that we all have in common is that this project will not only benefit the students of SI right now, but also the new generations of students that are yet to come. Having a modern and upgraded building changes the way that we can learn together. The new building will have spaces for small and large crowds and makes more room for students to study. The rooftop spaces will also be a great space for gatherings and making friends. Academic success at SI depends on many things. When we are comfortable and safe, we are able to focus on learning and being successful. Students who have space to interact with one another build community and confidence. Being able to use the resources available to us also makes the school more appealing to future students. We love SI now and we cannot wait for this new building. Thank you for your time. Hello, I'm Alex Mitchell. I'm a senior at SI. At SI, I'm a part of Student Council, Campus Ministry, and the Varsity Track Team. Throughout my four years of SI, I've grown to love and deeply appreciate the Jesuit aspect of St. Ignatius. I'm immensely grateful for the education I've received. Nevertheless, SI has become very crowded. It is difficult to move from class to class because of the narrow hallways. Both of my parents work from home, so my house has become very noisy. Because of this, I spend a lot of my time studying in the library. It has become challenging to find a place to do my work. At lunch, there is absolutely nowhere to do work quietly, even in the library, cat center, or student center. When I was shown the plans, I was astonished by the open and welcoming environment. These plans allow future Ignatians to thrive to their fullest abilities by creating new opportunities to study and further develop their education. Thank you so much for your time and commitment to the betterment of San Francisco. I respectfully ask you to, to approve these plans. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Arif Penumarthi. I've lived in San Francisco my whole life, and I've even attended school through the San Francisco Unified School District for nine years prior to attending SI, where I'm now a senior. At SI, I am involved in a range of activities like student council, mock trial, retreat leadership, and I also have an active role in the South Asian Student Club and Asian Students Coalition. However, my experience at SI stretches far beyond just the activities that I participate in. Over the past four years, I've reached a sense of personal fulfillment within the relationships I've strengthened with my friends, teachers, classmates, and also my idea of myself. The people I've met have allowed me to grow firm in my vision of the type of person I want to be after I graduate. I also have a younger sister in the eighth grade who is currently applying to high school. In the beginning of September, when she toured SI, she told me that she loved her tour guide and the people that she met, but that the inside of the school looked, quote, like a dungeon. When I looked at the new plans for the school building, the first thing I thought was that the modern, open, and inviting feel were exactly the qualities that I knew my sister would love. I don't want my sister's image of St. Ignatius to be dark and unwelcoming, especially because it has been a place where I've been able to find myself surrounded by such a tight-knit and strong community. I can only imagine that my sister's experience coming to school here would be even further elevated than my own if the school is allowed to implement these wonderful changes to the campus. I appreciate your time and service to San Francisco, and I ask that you please approve this project. Thank you.
Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Hannah Bassey, and I'm a senior. At SI, I'm involved in student life, such as our student council, spirit team, and campus ministry. Although I may not personally benefit from this new building, I'm extremely excited for my younger siblings, as well as when I come back for my first reunions to get to see the new campus as an alum. This brand new space will provide an amazing learning environment, one that is welcome and opening. The glass windows throughout the building, as well as the amount of space, will bring comfort and excitement to every student. After seeing the new plans, I was completely blown away. The spaces felt modern and catered to the students, which is a big factor for prospective students as parents search for a school that will embrace their child with open arms. The open spaces and the use of natural light can provide for an increase of engagement in all classes. It supports the importance of mental health, having the sunshine beam into your classroom instead of a light hanging over the ceiling. The space in our new building, in our current building, is outdated. There is a feeling of darkness as you walk through the hallways. They are very crowded, and there needs to be more space for everyone to move efficiently and comfortably from class to class. In places like our library and our student center, it is difficult to find quiet places to study, and every area feels loud and distracting. With the amount of room and space in this new building, there will be ample opportunities for students to go to a quiet room to study. I urge you to approve this project so that future generations can enjoy a great Jesuit education in San Francisco. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Danny Flores. I'm a proud San Franciscan and a junior at St. Ignatius College Prep. At SI, I'm involved in athletics, affinity groups, but most importantly, our student government and our spirit team. Why do I say most importantly? Well, because the primary focus of these two groups is to create an enjoyable student experience at SI. High school is supposed to be fun, and giving students something to be excited about when they wake up in the morning will create better learners in a more engaged community. Improving the mental health of our students is what we aim to achieve in these groups. To do this, we need to celebrate the gifts and talents of all of our students. With the addition of the new building, we can create better student life, utilizing the community building spaces that we need at SI. We consistently battle space when brainstorming events for the school, especially with so many different talented groups. We hope that the future generations of Ignatians will not be limited by a crammed and outdated environment. Additionally, the openness and naturally lit spaces will cultivate a more engaged learning experience for our students. For example, my English class is our one classroom that has big open windows that face the ocean. Differently, my other classes are in our old building where it feels like you are sitting in a gloomy box with no to little natural light while we're trying to learn. I see firsthand the effects that our current space has on our students. There's consistently more participation in my English class and myself, as well as my classmates, feel more alert and ready to learn in a more suitable space like the new building. I appreciate your time and service to San Francisco, and I urge you to approve this project so our future generations can have a great education in our beautiful city. Thank you for your time. Hi, my name is Olivia O'Neill, and I'm a senior at St. Ignatius. At SI, I'm involved in rowing, student council, ministry leadership, community service, and a few other clubs. I love the time I've spent at SI because of my ability to find belonging in activities that I can excel in and fully dedicate myself to. 
The two main things that I take very seriously at SI are my studies and my rowing team. I spend the majority of my days in class and at practice. Because of this busy schedule, where I practice in both the mornings and after school, it has become very important to me to manage my time. I try to get ahead of my work during the weekends and use my free periods to finish assignments. My free periods are very valuable to me, valuable to me, but I can sometimes struggle to make them productive because of my distractions around me. Last year, I had one of the busiest free periods in the school because it happened to be during lower lunch. I struggled to find areas to silently and independently work on my assignments, causing me to quickly become distracted. I would then rush my homework late at night and barely complete it. Yes, of course, the lack of open spaces is not fully the cause of me struggling to complete my assignments on time, because jamming my schedule full with rigorous classes, crew, and other activities is what makes my time hard to manage. But the thing is, is that what, that's what SI students do. So when I saw the new plan for the school, I was amazed, and all I could think about is how much easier it would be for me to be productive. Along with many others, um, me, along with many other SI students, could excel in the activities we put our mind to. So thank you so much for your time, and I urge you to approve this message. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Uma Karpata, and I am a junior at St. Ignatius. Throughout my past years at SI, I have been in student council and have planned various different events, as well as help run all the social medias. I am part of multiple different clubs, ranging from service to social groups, and I am part of the Asian Students Coalition. When I first saw the proposal of the new learning complex, I was so excited because I immediately saw how the new building would resolve the only two problems that I see at SI. The first being the issue of congestion. On a typical school day, you will find many students sitting on the ground, studying or eating lunch in the academic hallways because the library is always loud and full and the cafeteria never has enough space for everyone. The second issue is around social interaction. I truly believe that SI's current layout negatively impacts the social engagement within its student body. The current buildings, which are over 50 years old, are dark and gloomy. This environment feels unwelcoming and the disjointed layout causes students to disconnect and isolate themselves to their own groups and comfort zones. The new learning complex, on the other hand, creates an atmosphere that is both warm and welcoming, while also providing plenty of space for students to hang out with friends, eat lunch, and quietly study. This is because of the massive windows providing natural light, the open floor plan, and thoughtful academic design. While the new learning complex won't benefit me personally, I know that it will provide the best opportunities for future generations of Ignatians. For the last 168 years, St. Ignatius has been part of the fabric of San Francisco's education, religion, and culture. And I believe the new learning complex will be a definitive part of the future of San Francisco. Thank you for your time. Hello, commissioners. My name is Jack Sandler, and I'm a senior at St. Ignatius. I'm the head of marketing for our student spirit body, as well as a helper uh, with marketing for our student council. I'm the head of the surf club, and I also co-founded the SI surf team. Uh, for me, choosing a high school wasn't, wasn't hard. I knew I wanted to go to SI since probably around fifth grade, not only because of its proximity to the ocean, because I surf, but also because of the amazing sports and academics. Uh, as a freshman at SI, I made varsity on the water polo team. And last year, we ended up winning the state championship and our league championship. Uh, not to brag, 
I was the leading scorer as well. I was, uh, <laughs> I was uh, named all-league first team. Um, when I first heard about these building plans, I was sad because I never would get to experience these amazing you know, opportunities and benefits for these kids. But at the same time, I will get to visit at my five-year reunion, my fifth-year reunion. Um, the new plans excite me because I feel proud about where I went to high school. The current campus we have is cramped. Walking through the halls is a mess, and it's like going through SFO during the holidays. Um, this new building is open and allows plenty of room for passing time. And uh, also at SI, I make all the highlight reels for Instagram and YouTube, all the videos of our sports teams. I spend hours editing footage. And on the current campus, it's pretty much impossible to find a quiet space unless I go to you know, my friends, teachers, offices. Uh, if I'm an incoming student, I'd be super excited just for room to have time for myself to study and get my work done. Ultimately, this campus is around 55 years old, and it'll need to be remodeled anyways in the next few years. Uh, it'll just get more and more expensive as we push the project. Getting this done sooner rather than later speeds up the learning and excitement for the new St. Ignatius campus. I truly appreciate your valuable time spent with us today, and I hope that this project is approved so future Ignatians can have an amazing experience. Hi there, I'm Jordan Ash, a senior at St. Ignatius, and I've been on varsity swim since I was a freshman. I'm also part of student council, block club, along with other clubs. The new building that is being proposed is somewhere that fosters community. When I first saw the new school plans, my immediate thought was collaboration. The commons is the place that's used for meetings, dances, fun activities, and meals. I've spent most of my time at SI in the commons. There's only two places to really hang out, the student center and then the commons. Both are crowded throughout the day, and it segregates our school. The two areas are only connected by a tight hallway. Some of my teachers don't even mark me off if I'm late because they know that how hard it is to get through the school. We're a very lively and spirited school, but with comes that, it's really loud. The current campus does not make it easy to complete independent work, studying, or just to find a place to relax. I find myself having to do homework in my car before school and after school instead of being in the library. SI's education is fueled by collaborative learning. The space where students learn correlates to how successful they are. I've successively found myself to maximize the campus by using my own car instead of being able to be there. The new building allows future Ignatians to easily create and access great resources at SI. The future is very bright for SI students if the space they come to every day invites them to use what is given to them. SI has set me up for my future by giving me the opportunity to competitively swim and continue in college by going to University of California, Berkeley, but I wasn't able to do this easily. Students anywhere should be able to be comfortable and reside in their school's accessible campus to succeed. I found SI's community is where you can find this, but this campus hasn't correlated yet. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Matt Blake. I am a fourth generation San Franciscan and a senior at St. Ignatius. At school, I'm involved in campus ministry, student council with a focus on social media and retreat leadership. I work really hard to make sure that every area of campus that I'm involved in is able to grow and thrive not only in the short term, but also for years to come. In every single one of those programs that I've found a home in, I've identified a common issue, space. There is so much going on at SI and not enough room for all of our talented people to comfortably and effectively do all the work they need to do. 
I've worked for two years as an editor of our 30-person literary magazine, The Quill, in a dark, cramped classroom that does not nurture learning and collaboration in the way that it should. We, are, we have so much potential and talent within our editorial board, but the space we are given at present is not working. The new building would not only solve the Quill's problem, but also the space problem that the rest of our 100-plus clubs are facing every day. SI is growing and changing, just like the rest of our city, but we've run out of space. Growth can't happen in a dark, cramped room. This new building, more than anything else, will let the light into our environments. I fully believe in this project, and I know that it will create more effective leaders and learners. I stand before you today, humbly asking that you approve it. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Kira Cassidy, and I'm proud to say that my family has lived in the Sunset District of San Francisco for five generations. As a current sophomore at SI, I play tennis, am president of our Cancer Awareness Club, and like my fellow classmates here today, am a part of student council. As a sophomore, I know I won't personally benefit from this new learning commons, but knowing that the future generations of SI, including current freshmen, FSA students, and even some of my own cousins will, is reason enough for me to be here today. Not only that, but being able to come back in 10, 15, or even 20 years adds to my excitement. When I see the plans for the new learning commons, I see a welcoming, open space where we can grow and bond as a community. Our current building can feel very crowded and disconnected between classes, but in this new space, we will have more opportunity to collaborate, meet with our friends, and be together as a school. An example of this that I know my friends would agree with is lunch. Often at lunch, our sophomore class will be in around six or seven different areas, depending on what is open that day. But this new open floor plan will give us the chance to be together as one. When I think of St. Ignatius, I think of community. And this new learning commons will play a crucial role in helping us grow together. Thank you for your time and for your service to San Francisco. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Emerson Williams. I live in San Francisco, and I'm in my sophomore year at SI. I play volleyball, I'm an admissions ambassador, and I'm on student council. I wanted to start off by saying how grateful I am to attend an amazing school like SI. It's, I'm so fortunate to have a place that I look forward to going to every day. When I'm advocating for the approval of this project, I'm advocating for the future of Jesuit education and future Ignatians especially for my younger brother who is applying to the school. When I first saw the new building, I was in complete awe. I admired the modern design, open flexible spaces, and focus on sustainability and evolving technologies. This expansion supports our mission statement, Cura Personalis, which is the Latin phrase for care for the whole person. There's space for every person and every need. There's space for quiet independent studying as well as gathering in bigger groups. The many open areas in this design allow for community building and comfort. Right now, if I need to focus on my work, there's not many quiet and unoccupied spaces. In the main building we have now, the packed environment makes it extremely stressful at all times, especially trying to navigate to class. The environment makes an immense impact on learning. It's more than what we learn, it's where we learn and how we learn. The best existing classrooms are the ones with lots of natural light and windows, and that's what the new building will provide. Learning environments have moved beyond simple rooms with chalkboards, and SI students will benefit from modernizing the classroom experience. St. Ignatius has evolved over its history of six campuses in 168 years. 
This is an expansion. This expansion is a necessary step as we move forward and will support the future of Jesuit education in the city for many years to come. Thank you for your time, and I ask that you approve this project. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, my name is John Corso. I'm a member and a representative of UA Local 38, the Plumbers and Steamfitters Union here in the city. Um, I mean, how do we tell these students no? Um, the fact that St. Ignatius reached out to President Mazzola of the Building Trades and, and, and guaranteed a 100% union project, um, I think that's exactly what we need. Uh, a, a job like this, uh, a project like this creates jobs before, during, and after the construction. Uh, I think it's exactly what we need, and, and we hope that you vote and feel the same way we do, that this project is, is great. Thank you. Good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Vince Courtney. I'm with the Northern California District Council of Laborers. We represent approximately 30,000 men and women in the northern 46 counties. Uh, I grew up in the Sunset District, um, and I wanted to come in here because I actually came in here from Napa County today. A and I knew I would see friends um, from long, long ago in the room. Um, and I'm here to tell you I know personal knowledge that SI is a good neighbor. Um, they don't always get recognized for some of the things that they do, but I'll give you an example. We represent, in addition to the industry folks, uh, we represent the city gardening staff at the Recreation and Parks Department. Um, St. Ignatius tends to reserve West Sunset with some frequency, and they've been resourcing and supporting our staff and our city department for years and years and years, gratuitously and without any fanfare at all. That's something that you wouldn't know unless you were an insider, but I want you to know that today. Additionally, we've worked with their own alumni coordinator, this whole idea of workforce development is not new. It's something that we've done with folks at SI. That is to create opportunities for folks from underserved and underrepresented communities because there's another part to the education piece, and that is there's the school, there's the students that you've heard from, but when you, when you do a union project, you have a trade, you have pre-apprenticeship, you have apprenticeship, our doors swing wide open. What you do is you bring folks from other communities out to the Sunset District, and they learn a trade. They develop respect for each other, professionalism, and then they can put food on the table. They can have health care for their entire families. They can actually have pride in their work. So we want to open up SI for those folks because we think the city impact is really something that we don't want you to overlook. So please authorize today. Thank you. Good afternoon, Madam President, Madam Vice President, and members of the Commission. Uh, my name is Chris Burnett. I'm a, a member of Local 718, San Francisco Glazers and Glassworkers Union, and I'd like to express full support of this project as a, um, a former uh, construction worker on St. Ignatius campus. Um, I was working on those existing renovations for window systems um, that face those beautiful oceans that you've heard some of the students refer to, and also the interior glass in the library. And as a San Francisco resident, it definitely supported me um, and the local economy. So again, I'd like to um, express my full support um, as an out-of-work glazer currently. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also think that it's important that the, uh, the students are here today. I think they should definitely get an A in civics. Um, but thank you very much for your time.
Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Dan Torres. I'm a business agent with Sprinkler Fitters Local 483. I represent the men and women that install, test, and maintain life safety fire sprinkler systems. I'm here today to, to ask you to uh, push forward the project. 100% um, union commitment. That alone right there should you know, be like, you know, check, let's move this on, let's get this forward, let's get people to work. So I'm here in support of it, and you know, like the gentleman before me said, Chris, you know, uh, let's, let's give the, the students an A-plus in civics, because I mean, to, to come up here and stand before you and speak so passionately about something that they care about, I mean, that, that's, that speaks volumes. So um, thank you for your time, we appreciate your support. Afternoon, Commissioners Joshua Arce, also with the Northern California Laborers, here as uh, well to reiterate some of the impacts in terms of the job creation from this project. I also want to speak as a Mission District parent. My wife and I are raising two little kids in the Mission District who benefit from St. Ignatius, even though they're in elementary school and a middle schooler, because of the openness to go take the swim classes, to go in there and use the facilities. It is as I think some of the sponsors said, a, a truly community-serving institution that I think deserves some more recognition beyond the, the excellence with, with respect to the high school and the, and the students, the award-winning civics uh, lessons here on display from the students. But back to the impact on the workforce, it really does mean something when a project sponsor says we want to commit to a 100% union workforce. Fact is, with the loss of downtown tenant improvement work, we have some of the most skilled craftswomen and craftsmen in the industry who have lost work because that work dried up, particularly within the plumbers, electricians. And when you have project sponsors say, we're going to go above and beyond and make a 100% union commitment, please, please take that into account as we face economic uncertain headwinds. The projects we put in the pipeline now really make a difference for the community workforce, both now and into the future. So please approve the project. Thank you. I just want to invite the folks who are standing in front of the door just to please not block the door. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Sabrina Hernandez. I'm a resident, a lifelong resident of San Francisco, currently living on the west side. I'm a graduate of Lowell High School, um, but I was so impressed by the students that were here today. They made some great comments and some great points. Um, I want to parallel one of the points that they made. They made it very clear that they would love to have uh, an improved environment in order to be good students, be good citizens, be good, good adults moving into the future. The other group that really needs a great uh, environment uh, for learning is apprentices. And that was offered to me when I was an apprentice electrician in IBEW Local 6 when I started back in the, early, in the mid 80s. Um, this, con this, uh, this contract, this project offers an opportunity for men and women of the skilled trades, and when I say skilled, I mean skilled and trained under state-approved apprenticeship training programs, as well as their teachers, the journeymen and journeywomen who will teach them on this project. Um, that's invaluable, and it meant everything to me. It meant all of the success that I've earned um, in this trade. It meant uh, an opportunity to stay in the city, purchase a house, and look forward to retiring here. So please, please, please uh, approve this project. I'll help it move forward. Thank you so much for your consideration. Uh, 
Uh, good morning, President and Vice President. Usually I, um, I feel pity on most of your commission. You have to deal with, with your staff, a lot of intense reports and EIRs and draft EIRs. Today, I actually envy you. You have a chance to be part of uh, incredible history in San Francisco that I'm very proud to be a part of, even though I went to Reardon. Hopefully nobody holds it against me. But a lot of us in the trade union movement got our social justice bug, got our passion like I did to become a union organizer and eventually a leader in the building trades from the teachings and the social justice doctrine of the Catholic faith. So it really was refreshing, but really consistent when the Jesuits reached out to us and our council and talked about wanting to bring that dignity to a workforce in their own development plan. I think you've heard enough overwhelming support from the students uh, and from the lips of babes. I mean, they, they really spelled it out. I will say that uh, the project itself, I think, is responsible. We certainly hear the opposition's comments. Nothing in their comments, though, would preclude further dialogue between the school and the community. And in fact, knowing sacred, uh, sorry, knowing St. Ignatius, I grew up on 32nd <laughs> Avenue between Quintera and Rivera, and I had to listen to the football team. There's nothing we can do about that noise. There is something we can do about that shade, although I would argue that we could only ever grow jade trees in our backyard because it was more the conditions of the sunset and the parkside more than anything else. Look, the dialogue can continue, but it doesn't really give cause to this commission or staff to delay this process. We can still move forward with the development plans and pre-development and pre-construction, and those dialogues, I believe, firmly will continue. We're proud to support the project. The project will bring economic opportunity, not only for the skilled trades in the union building trades, but it also provides, with every hour of work, an opening for other members of the community, other local hires, like Vince Courtney talked about, who will then have access to the middle class. And we still believe strongly that there are too few opportunities to get into middle class careers, not only in this city, but across the country. This is a great opportunity to keep that pathway flowing from a workforce development standpoint. And we are proud to be in partnership with Principal Levine and Father Reese. Thank you. Please approve the project. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Sarah Meekin. I'm the director of the Brady Therapeutic Writing Program. It's a San Francisco-based nonprofit located in the San Francisco Zoo. We use horses to reach and connect and teach children between the ages of four and 18. And they have a myriad of special needs, as well as children who have been impacted by the court or foster care systems. We are volunteer staffed. 90% of our volunteers are young people from local high schools, and 80% of those are from St. Ignatius. Their duties range from grooming and caring for the horses to sidewalking alongside a horse in support of a young child, to leading that horse and scooping up manure, to being a peer educator and leader to the new volunteer beside them. And I've had the privilege to meet, train, work alongside so many incredible young people at this fine school has educated and inspired in compassionate leadership accountability in and to their community, and most profoundly, what it means to truly be inclusive. They know what it is to love their neighbor. This school loves its community. It loves its student body. Please allow them to build the facilities needed to further educate and inspire these future doctors, therapists, leaders, musicians, artists, athletes, and peacemakers. San Francisco will be the beneficiary I know because my program already is. Thank you so much for your time.
Good afternoon, members of the Planning Commission. My name is Michelle Hughes, and I've been a resident of San Francisco for over 23 years, and I'm a Bay Area native. My husband, Justin, and I have twin boys, Brady and James, who are currently sophomores at St. Ignatius College Prep. We also have a younger son, Hudson, who hopes to follow in his brother's footsteps. We are a strong financial supporter of St. Ignatius, as well as many of their programs for sports, arts, and Father Sauer Academy, which provides tuition-free education to first-generation college students starting in middle school. The school also provides tuition assistance to more than 25% of the current student body. St. Ignatius has been educating the citizens of San Francisco since 1855, and they have had a significant positive impact on many students. When you meet people born and raised in San Francisco, the first question is not where do you live or who do you know, but what high school did you go to? When the answer is overwhelmingly San Ignatius, you open up a conversation for a diverse community that everyone is so proud of. St. Ignatius has long been a community leader in District 4 and has done a thoughtful and honest job of working with all the residents of the district and the neighbors immediately surrounding the school, as well as the community garden adjacent to the property line to address any concerns that have come up. I strongly urge you to approve the expansion of the secondary school as shown so St. Ignatius can update and modernize its facilities. The new space will be designed to take advantage of current design concepts to promote community building opportunities which combat the isolation that afflicts all young adults due to changes in social media. The current school does not have any room left in its current footprint with over 1,700 people on campus at any given time, nor is it set up to teach in the ways demanded by the modern era. The building as it stands is 55 years old and needs to meet current seismic safety standards and additional ADA accessibility modes. As a side note, a very direct benefit to District 4 will be the construction dollars spent in the district, along with the additional jobs brought to the area by such a large job. The surrounding small businesses will get to enjoy the workers patronizing locally owned stores for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and any other needs in the area. It truly is a win-win for District 4. Please approve this project. Thank you. Good afternoon, members of the commission. My name is George Gamara. I live at 1275 40th Avenue, San Francisco in the Outer Sunset District. I am a neighbor of the property being reviewed today as well as being a parent of a current student at St. Ignatius. I was born and raised in San Francisco. I am alumni and a graduate of uh, the SI class of 1988. I attended Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and San Francisco State. My first job out of school was at Levi Strauss and Company. I would like to give you uh, one snapshot of the impact SI had on me. My journey at SI started decades before when my parents immigrated from Peru to the US in the 1960s. Their dream was to send their kids to college. While they became, while they became a registered nurse and a machinist in San Francisco, respectively at the Mission Neighborhood Health Center and the shipyard at Third in Illinois, a college education for them was not possible. Their goal was to give their kids the best chance possible to succeed in a world they were all too familiar, could be cold, if not cruel. SI played a huge role in my family's journey, in particular, the school's mission of academic excellence and spiritual support. Since I have attended, SI has grown and expanded their mission. Most notably, they have an active and funded diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging program for staff and students. I would also like to point out that they added the Father Sarah Academy, which is a middle school that offers full year scholarship for attendance. Typically, these families attending would not normally be able to afford SI. The changes proposed will allow the Father Sarah Academy to repurpose additional learning space created by the improvements for better learning opportunities. I would like to also point out that an important aspect of the building community to SI, 75 hours of 
community service is still needed and the, needed, and the new space would allow in-person meeting. In closing, it's vitally important that SI's mission not only continue, but be allowed to thrive and expand. I strongly urge you to make all necessary approvals as soon as possible. Thank you for your time and consideration. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Diane Lenahan, and my family's fourth generation San Franciscans. I am a single mom who put three children through St. Ignatius, and I have a total of other 16 other family members that have attended St. Ignatius. I believe this new addition to the St. Ignatius campus is long overdue. The existing facility just does not provide the space for the existing student body or the ability to learn in this modern age of education. St. Ignatius provides a great education and it provides our city kids with the opportunity to excel in life throughout our city. My father was St. Ignatius class of 1947. He is 93 years old and he graduated from the old Stanyan Street location. Thankfully, the commissioners years ago approved a request for the current St. Ignatius location for the growing school and for the continued education of our youth. By expanding the old building, this will provide new jobs in San Francisco, which is definitely needed. It'll provide our children with the building tools they will use for the rest of their life. This project will also allow the students to stay on campus while this beautiful new addition is added. Finally, I would like to thank all of you for your dedication to San Francisco, and I respectfully request the commissioners approve this project that is put forward by St. Ignatius. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Camila Luz Mize, St. Ignatius class of 2006, where I was fortunate to attend on a scholarship. I currently serve as our vice president of the alumni board. And a core part of a St. Ignatius education is about teaching students what it means to live a life of service to, with, and for others. Students on average provide 55,000 hours of community service to nonprofits in our community. Those core values have shaped my life as an executive and as a volunteer. And as people who live lives of service yourself, I believe you deeply understand just how needed these values are in the world. What we are proposing isn't just a building, but a love letter to the future. At a time where the world is desperate for connection and community, this is a learning center that will cultivate the kind of values that we hope will shape the world for the better. Thank you for your service to San Francisco. Please approve this project and support continued quality education for San Franciscans. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Art Howard. Um, I'm a Sunset native, and I live at 47th and Quintara, 10 blocks due west of San Ignatius High School. I'm an alum, class of 83, and I work in public safety in San Francisco, and I'm here to support the expansion project for the secondary school. I definitely received a quality education from SI, but more importantly, I received a moral compass and a set of principles uh, that has guided me through my life. And core to the Ignatian values are community and service. And I know many alumni that practice these values to service in our community in San Francisco in a variety of ways. 
And, you know, for me, just listening to the, everything we've heard today just reinforces that. And, and, and another reason why I support this project is I, I t visited the campus recently, and I was just uh, blown away at how, how crowded it was. When I went there in 1983, there were 1,200 students. I thought that was crowded. And this is, this is definitely uh, uh, bulging at the seams. And so uh, I think, you know, I do a lot of trainings all over the Bay Area, and, and the modern best practices and trainings in, in classrooms is open collaborative spaces, and that's not what this school was designed around. So I urge you um, as a, uh, to support this project, and thank you for all your service. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Kerwin Allen. I'm a proud alumnus of St. Ignatius College Prep, uh, class of 1978. My daughter was in the 150th graduating class, 2009, and now proudly serves on the alumni board. Such is the quality and the allure of the St. Ignatius College Prep education, the Jesuit ideal. From 2004 to 2010, I proudly served on the Board of Regents Buildings and Grounds Department, which um, in 2010 put forth a master plan which proudly bears my name and served as the genesis of this project today. So I'm immensely proud of what's been placed here before you. I would like to respectfully uh, request that you approve the project. Um, St. Ignatius has educated youth for nearly 170 years and wants to do so for another 170 years. And to be able to do that, it has to have modern facilities that uh, allows them to teach, the new, uh, teach students of the new millennia. So I, I proudly um, request that you approve this project. Thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Marissa Brandon, and I'm a 35-year resident of San Francisco, a practicing architect for 30 years, and a parent of two daughters who've attended St. Ignatius High School, one of which is a senior. During my time as a parent at SI, I volunteered on the design and development of the Father Sauer Academy, which was the vision of our president, Father Eddie Reese, in order to prepare young middle school students to be successful in the rigorous learning environment of higher education. You were fortunate to hear from many of them who were speaking so eloquently here today. The Father Sauer Academy provides students with the academic foundation to allow them to succeed as they move on to become high schoolers at St. Ignatius. We're particularly proud that the first academy class of sixth graders are now seniors and ready to move on to the exciting challenges of college and beyond. The school's development of the Father Sauer Academy exemplifies the Jesuit principles on which St. Ignatius High School was founded 168 years ago. SI students are engaged in their community and take on the opportunities and challenges of our time. They're open to growth and respond to the call of leadership in service. The current Sunset District campus of St. Ignatius was constructed 55 years ago. The facilities have had only minor upgrades during that time and they do not need, meet the modern classroom environments of other high schools in San Francisco. The Learning Commons project includes highly adaptable classroom, collaborative teaching and study spaces, an atrium hub for student and faculty interaction, learning lofts, and a new chapel. All of the spaces provide a modern, light-filled environment with a sense of openness to the exterior. St. Ignatius is one of the oldest schools in the city New modern classrooms and collaborative spaces will allow the school to retain its current faculty and attract new students. St. Ignatius graduates are leaders in the community, including nonprofit organizations, government, and civic leaders.
we're building this project for the next generation of SI students. We hope you will approve the project and provide your support. Thank you so much. Okay, if there are no other members of the public in the chambers wishing to submit their testimony, I see no one coming forward. Let's go to our remote callers. Eileen Boken would speak in opposition to the uh, project as currently proposed. There are a number of concerns which have yet to be addressed. The proposed design is not contextual as the scale and massing is inconsistent with the surrounding neighborhood. The large scale windows and skylights will cause light spill. This will create light pollution which will have negative impacts on the surrounding neighbors and, wild, and wildlife. Uh, the large scale building proposed on the north side of the campus will shadow the adjacent community garden four months of the year. The proposed uh, project is an opportunity to increase on-site parking, which could relieve the pressure of parking uh, in the adjacent neighborhood. Instead, the proposed project would eliminate 13 on-site parking spaces. The SI uh, messaging for this project seems very similar to the strategy used for the stadium lighting project. Thank you. Mr. Brace. Hello, thanks for uh, hearing me. My name's Randy Brace. I am a retired uh, uh, resident of San Francisco, homeowner of a nearby house adjacent to the property and a uh, community garden uh, gardener. Um, listening to all the, and, and right off the bat, I'm opposed to this uh, project as planned. Um, one of the, listening to all the uh, fantastic kids talk about what they need and what they want, it's the same thing that we need and want. We want light, we want open space, we want the ability to grow, we want our community to thrive. And I understand that SI needs much of this, um, but they are doing it at the expense of us. So we are a small group of people, uh, families, a lot of retired folks, and we have a small voice. And here is this big um, uh, community, uh, San Francisco Community Instit Institution, a private institution that's bringing its full might to help stamp out a small voice when we want the same thing. And so I urge the commission to put a condition on the conditional use authorization and look into a step back on the northern end of that building. Thank you very much. Ms. Catherine Mitchell, I can't see your last name, Lad. 
Hi, thank you to the Planning Commission for allowing me to speak today. My name is Catherine Mitchell-Ladd. I was born and raised in San Francisco, went to San Francisco schools, attended UC Berkeley, have raised my children here in San Francisco, and I have a son at St. Ignatius who has learning differences, including dyslexia and ADHD. I'm on the board of the San Francisco Education Fund that focuses on under-supported, underserved public schools and school children. And for over 25 years, I've been at Deloitte Consulting where I'm a leader in our education practice. We are at a pivotal time in education. What was once the right educational approach needs to be readdressed. We are educating students for a future that none of us can anticipate. We need to focus on teaching the, the core skills that will make the children of this city successful, regardless of that future. Our studies show that comes from differently directed learning, which in its basic form means collaboration, group learning, one-on-one -on -one education. And all of that means different types of space compared to how SI was built over 50 years ago. Yes, there is a need for traditional classrooms, but there is a need for these additional different physical learning spaces. And we also need to acknowledge that different learners like my son and many, many others that SI welcomes into its community have unique learning needs as well that often translate into one-on-one -on -one teaching instruction, one-on-one -on -one tutoring, often in private spaces with technology aids. This space will also give our Father Sauer Academy students additional space. These middle school students are on full scholarship through high school and will become the first in their families to attend college. There has never been a more important time to invest in this community of learners. And finally, as someone who was brought up in the Catholic faith in San Francisco and went to San Francisco Catholic elementary and middle schools, I can personally attest to the influence that SI's Jesuit teachings have on our children. The diversity of students and care for the whole person that exists at SI prepares our children to be good people and good citizens of San Francisco. We need this more than ever. We need their, their innovation to solve problems of tomorrow. Thank you for your support. Denise Sturkin, and I am a San Francisco San Mateo Master Gardener and also a member of the Sunset Community Garden since 2010. Healthy plants supply oxygen and support beneficial insects, pollinators, birds, and people. What, what do plants need? They need sunlight, they need water, and they need nutrients. What happens if plants don't get sunlight? They cannot produce chlorophyll lose their green color and eventually die. Reduced sunlight for four months of the year will cause leggy, less healthy plants that can't fight disease and pests. No vegetables will grow in shade with, without a minimum of three hours direct sunlight. <clears throat> Photosynthesis is what plants do. They take light, carbon dioxide and water and they make glucose, which is their food, and they make oxygen for us. I'm not asking St. Ignatius not to build. I am asking them to be a good neighbor, and I'm asking them to build without shading our garden. I, have, I fear that if you approve the plan as, uh, as it stands now, we will be uh, not considered anymore. So far, uh, this, it's been difficult to get uh, any con um, consideration 
for the fact that they will be shading our garden. And I hope that you will put further conditions on the project so that we may be considered uh, as a community garden as well. Dark spaces. Thank you, sir. That is your time. Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm Mark Gleason here. I'm speaking on behalf of Teamsters Joint Council 7 in Northern California and our affiliate locals. Uh, we are here to ask for and support the approval of this project. We are very excited that the San Francisco Building Construction Trades, of which we are a member, has been able to get the guarantee of a full union labor commitment on this project. The Teamsters themselves deliver ready mix concrete supply and building supply, and we are looking forward to the employment that this project will provide to our members. Again, we ask for your approval and we thank you for your time. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Anthony Nuanis. I am the business representative of the Carpet Linoleum and Soft Tile Workers Local Union 12 here in San Francisco, California. Um, I represent over 1,200 men and women uh, floor layers, many who live in San Francisco and work in San Francisco. I am here today to support item 18, the proposed project at St. Ignatius College Prep. The project will create hundreds of good paying jobs for local apprentices and union trades people, from on-site craft work like floor covering to the material and supplier jobs it will support. This project is, much, is a much needed boost to our local economy. Importantly, it will also support good careers in San Francisco. The path to the middle class runs through our apprenticeship training programs and union hiring halls. SI has committed to use 100% union contractors who will put, put to work the most productive and best trained craft workers in the industry. My union, Local Union 12, Carpet Linoleum and Soft Tile Workers, is proud to add our names to the growing list of support for this development. Please approve this project and let's go get to work. Thank you. Hello, my name is Paul Tota. I worked at San Ignatius for 35 years and graduated from the school in 1975. I had the pleasure of writing the history of our school back in 2005 when we celebrated our sesquicentennial. Since my retirement, I have been volunteering in the Tenderloin at the Healing Well, work that I see as a natural continuation of my work at SI, and that I am still trying to make our city a great place to live by helping those who make this place their home. Since 1855, SI has been home to thousands upon thousands of students. We have built six campuses in those times, moving west each time. There's no place else to move to. The school needs to build its seventh campus right on top of the existing one. As an aside, if SI chose to build a new school elsewhere, it would need 40 acres to create the kind of campus students in this millennium need not the 11.4 acres that it occupies in the Sunset District. Why the need for more space? Gone are the days of 30 or 40 students sitting in neat rows in a classroom. 
Students need maker spaces and robotics labs, places where they can invent the future right now. I'm also a fan, as you can guess, of Jesuit education, which focuses on teaching the whole person. SI hopes that students graduate as well-rounded individuals who become leaders with a passion to serve. I look back on some of our graduates as exemplars of this ideal. People like former Governor Jerry Brown, Mayors George Moscone and Mark Farrell. If you say yes to this expansion project, you are saying yes to nurturing more people like these, the women and men who are the backbone of our city, the ones who do the hard work of helping those who need help the most. If you say yes to this project, you are saying yes to the promise and potential of the students who will learn in this new learning commons. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I appreciate your time and patience listening to an old English teacher. And I urge you to approve the expansion project submitted by St. Ignatius. Mr. Wynn. Let's go to the next caller, please. Hello, commissioners. My name is Maureen McFadden, and I am a parent of three SI students. And I've been a part of this SI community for more than 10 years. Although my children will have graduated from SI by the time this project begins, I fully support the expansion of St. Ignatius High School. The new space will be designed to take advantage of current design concepts to promote community building opportunities to combat the isolation that afflicts all young adults due to changes in social media. This building, the current building, is 55 years old and the new one will meet current seismic safety standards. The building was built in 1969 and teaching has evolved to meet the needs of young adults of this era. era. Additionally, the design increases student and staff safety and incorporates current ADA accessibility modes. The project also includes 150 new bike parking spaces to support San Francisco's Transit First initiative. The new building will also have solar panels. Students at SI give back. They give uh, community service to nonprofits in our community. This open and collaborative-minded approach has connected us deeply to the city we live in. I urge you to approve this project, and I thank you for your time. Mr. Wynn, we've uh, unmuted you again. Do you wish to submit your testimony? Let's go to the next caller, please. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Martin Murphy. I'm a third-generation San Franciscan. currently live in San Francisco. I'm an alum of St. Ignatius, class of 84. I have two daughters that have attended St. Ignatius, one currently a junior at the school. I've been very active as a parent leader at the school. I'm currently the vice president of the St. Ignatius Fathers Club, which is a large responsibility for both community fellowship and fundraising for student scholarships. Thus, I feel that I have a unique perspective of why this project is so important to the students and families of SI for generations to come. 
I'm requesting the commissioners approve our project for the following reasons. First, we simply need more space. At 1,500 students and 200 faculty, we're currently uh, at capacity in our building. As I walk around the campus um, as part of my duties for the Fathers Club, I notice that classrooms and hallways are always packed. Students have to go into the hallway and sit on the floor for collaborative breakout sessions, and the faculty doesn't have any extra meeting rooms. Second, this project will help promote modern teaching development. Studies show kids need more collaborative learning opportunities, which mean working in small groups and breakout sessions, which the new building will accommodate and promote. This promotes social and emotional growth, which is integral to our philosophy of teaching the whole person, the cura personalis. Teachers will be able to introduce modern teaching methods into the curriculum using technology when required and using flexible space to promote better communication, collaboration, and sharing of different viewpoints. This new space will be designed to take advantage of current design concepts to promote community building opportunities to combat the isolation that afflicts all young adults to change in social media. Lastly, this project will help uh, make the student community more robust. Students on average provide 55,000 55, hours of community service to nonprofits in our community. This is a requirement for, for graduation. This open and collaborative-minded approach has connected us very deeply with the city we live in. The architectural design promotes modern common areas with abundance of natural light which will encourage students to want to congregate and connect with each other during the school day. Moreover, this space will allow student-led groups and clubs to meet in person versus the current model of meeting with moderators over Zoom, which isn't ideal for social and emotional growth. We appreciate your time in considering our request for approval. I urge you to approve the expansion project as submitted by Sagnatius. Thank you. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? We can. Oh, fabulous. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. My name is Tom Harlan. I'm a Union ferry boat captain here at the Blue and Gold Fleet with a proud uh, service provider for San Francisco Bay Ferries. And I attended uh, St. Ignatius, uh, and I have two daughters there as well. And uh, so um, when you guys, and to the members of the board, thank you for your service. When you say yes to this project, you're directly participating in building a better San Francisco. The young adults who graduate uh, from here, they all go to college, graduate school, possibly doctoral studies to serve society. These kids are taught to serve as men and women for others. Uh, it's, it's, it's a place that just produces an extraordinary product. Humans who look to make life greater and in, in a more compassionate <clears throat> and caring, thoughtful way. Uh, this is this project. It's a responsible growth project that will pay dividends in such a way you can't possibly imagine. This is a miracle un unfolding before our eyes. <clears throat> and if you uh, look at the legacy of the graduates and the current approach the school takes uh, to address the problems of the world, this project ensures the school will continue to produce people who make the world better. Um, thank you so much.
Hi, my name is Randall Yip. I was born and raised in San Francisco. Grew up in San Francisco Chinatown where I spent my middle school and grammar school years. I went on to St. Ignatius, learned the values that the teachers taught me there, and went on to graduate from UC Berkeley where I became the first member of my family to graduate from college. My children have gone on to graduate from St. Ignatius and they too have learned the values of service. My daughter holds a key pivotal position in the San Francisco City Administrator's Office and my son is an urban planner, a transportation planner for the San Francisco Metropolitan Transportation Authority. When he went back to St. Ignatius as a volunteer in the homeless camp one year, he was amazed about how little had been updated at St. Ignatius. He said to himself, how could this be? 10 years after I graduated, nothing has changed. The values that I learned at St. Ignatius enabled me after a career in mainstream media to leave my job there to run a nonprofit Asian American Media Incorporated focused on Asian American news that served 5 million readers last year. I did it largely without compensation since I left my Jeff Futon job April 1st, but I have been able to raise lots of money due to the knowledge I gained from San Ignatius and the values that I learned that I knew that putting my self-interest aside would be for the betterment of the community. Um, the AD, it's important for me that SIB open to everybody that the buildings are not currently up to ADA standards under the new plan it will be. The Father Sutter Academy will be able to take advantage of it and it will be sustainable with bike parking and um, solar panels throughout. So I urge you to support this plan. Thank you. Hello, my name is Angie Pettit. And I am the director and founder of Sunset Mercantile. Um, we started the Outer Sunset Farmers Market there on 37th Avenue. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say, um, I'd like to commend all of the young speakers today. They did such a lovely job, um, really, really well done. Um, we fully support the creation of a healthier, more spacious learning environment um, that supports the education and well-being of SI students. I think that's almost indisputable. They do need more space. I think it's how, how, it, how it's done that's really important. Um, it's my hope that SI will consider the potential impact that these particular plants may have on the surrounding community, including on the members of the community garden. Um, we are also concerned about potential construction impacts on the weekly Sunday farmer's market. Um, there are clearly many benefits to the expansion. Uh, however, uh, it is just really important to consider the, the rest of the community surrounding the school as well while, while creating these plans. And, and I just ask for good communication um, with both um, us with the farmer's market as well as uh, the other community partners, the community gardens, APG and uh, and, uh, and, just, and just hope that SI will be very mindful moving forward. Um, but very excited for the students and the faculty for the idea of an of a, of a improved school and an improved learning environment. So uh, thank you for listening. Oh, what's this? Oh, this is Hello, can you hear me? We can. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is uh, Peter Lang. I represent the 
the National Union of Roofers and Waterproofers here in San Francisco. Uh, he's here to, um, to, uh, uh, to express our strong support for, these, uh, for the project here at um, St. Ignatius. You know, a lot like um, our, our fellow tradesmen and tradeswomen have said before, it's, it's more than just the construction. It's about creating jobs, jobs good, good job opportunities for our local apprentices and for our union tradespeople. You know, for people on the work site, materials, local suppliers. So it'll be a much needed boost to our local economy. Also, it's a big step towards providing good careers in San Francisco. You know, uh, our apprenticeship programs, uh, union halls are, you know, they're known, they've been known for a good, uh, good path to the middle class. And being that St. Ignatius has committed to using 100% union contractors, not only will ensure more of these opportunities, but also ensure that the best trained craft workers in the industry will be on the job. So we probably support this development, and you can see we join a growing list of supporters. We urge you to do this project so we can get to the job and, you know, make a positive impact, not for our community. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. My name is Joe Sanders, and I'm with the San Francisco Painters and Drywall Finishers Local 913, and I'm a San Francisco resident. My local represents over 500 painters and tapers in San Francisco and San Mateo County, and I'm here today in support of the proposed project at St. Ignatius. This project will create hundreds of good paying jobs for local apprentices and tradespeople, not only from my local, but across the building trades throughout the city. St. Ignatius has committed to 100% union contract <clears throat> contractors uh, who will do the most productive work with the best trained craftspeople in the industry. Union labor is the pathway to the middle class. The Painters and Allied Trades is proud to add <clears throat> our names to the list of support for this project. Thank you. Hi, I wasn't planning on calling in today, but I've been a neighbor for a few years and so I was listening out of curiosity. I heard of, I heard members of the community garden and I'm confused why they're so opposed. It sounded like the schools offered compromises, but the garden hasn't accepted it and it seems like they won't accept anything. So asking for more time seems somewhat like a false promise. I feel like the garden can eat more easily adjust than they've implied, but that's my two cents. And I think we should be doing everything we can to make education in the city better as soon as possible. And I feel like SI has been an excellent institution and a great neighbor. Thank you. Hi there. My name is Jay Manzo. I'm an architect in San Francisco, Sunset resident. Um, I've worked on a lot of buildings uh, that are in higher ed, so I sort of understand the idea for needed, the idea is needed for more space. Uh, I'd like to just sort of take issue. Um, SI didn't produce uh, any sun studies until two weeks before this uh, meeting. So the Sunset Community Garden uh, really was given no choice but to ask for a continuance. We are asking for a modest modification at the northern edge of the building so that it could be maybe stepped back 10 to 15 feet, which would reduce the amount of sun that would be blocked during the winter months. It's about four months of the year. This is the year that you know we do grow things, winter crops, so it's important to us. 
you know, I, we heard the whole, the vast army of students and, you know, trade people talk about the new building. We're not opposing the new building. We just would like to have a sort of compromise to make sure that we get some of the light. The big windows that you're gonna get are gonna fill your building with light, but we would like some of that light too. We've coexisted on this space for about 55 years, and we would like to see you thrive, but we'd like to see ourselves thrive too. You know, the old Hawaiian saying, you know, I'll care about you and you care about me. And we're just asking for SI to be reasonable and be a good neighbor and share some of that sunlight. You know, San Francisco, named after St. Francis, he, you know, wrote the song to the sun, the brother's son. And I must be thinking that it, St. Francis must think it a sin to, to shade a, a garden. You know, he must be talking to St. Ignatius, Ignatius up there and saying, please, move your building just a little bit so my garden can get some sun. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your time, and I also appreciate the young people talking. Good for you, and, you know, remember the small voices against the Army. Thank you. Hello, my name is Travis Smith. I'm a member of the Sunset Community Garden. I've lived in San Francisco for 15 years, and like many other gardeners, I'm an apartment dweller and I rely on the Sunset Community Garden as a resource to grow food and also make connections with my neighbors. It's a beautiful place where I've met many friends and it would be a really, really big loss if this garden were to be shaded for a quarter of the year. I also ask for a continuation of this project, not to deprive students and staff of a new building and the space and the light that they desire, but also to consideration uh, for just for the consideration of a plan that doesn't take away a valuable community resource for your neighbors. Uh, just as you don't want to uh, reside in dark and gloomy halls, we don't want to have a dark and gloomy garden where we will not be able to grow the food and the flowers that have been a part of this community for 50 years. Thank you. Go ahead, caller. Let's move on to our next caller, please. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hi, my name is Leah Peaton-Mintel. I'm an SI alumni class of 2000, and I was in the inaugural class of the SI Uplift program, which was designed for underserved youth who were most likely in their family to attend college. And I'm here to support this project for the future generations of SI, and as one of the callers said, it really is important. It's about the children, and it's about education, and I support this project, and I hope you all will too. Thank you. Okay, last call for public comment. If you're in the chambers, you need to come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no additional requests to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed. This matter is now before you.
Great. Thank you, staff. Thank you to the project sponsor and to the students, especially. Thank you for being here. Hopefully you are uh, learning a few things, um, but we're definitely happy to have you all here and for those who called in as well. I'll just start with the project itself, um, just saying it's a very thoughtfully and well-designed project. Um, seems very well suited to the needs that have been expressed um, by the school and certainly exciting to be able to not just serve the high school students, but also the middle school students of the relatively recently opened uh, middle school. So it's, it seems like a great, great benefit for the students. And then, of course, we heard even for community members who are able to use the campus for different activities that are open to the public. So I, I am very supportive of this project and hope to soon have a motion to approve it. Of course, with the modification staff submitted, which were minor um, today uh, to us, and also we have a hard copy there. For the folks with the garden, um, you know, I, my mom lives in an apartment, a senior apartment, and she has a community garden plot um, in her town, and it's incredibly important to her. So I don't want to minimize the needs of the garden, the the necessity of the garden itself, and the benefits that it provides, which really are beyond just kind of like a nice to have. If it were my mom, it's like a need to have for her health and her wellness, and just you know something that she's very passionate about and can't have, you know, outside of a community garden. That said, I, I think when we're looking at this project, the shade is fortunately only during one part of the year, um, during the winter months. And it's not to say that it isn't an impact, but I don't think the impact to me seems severe enough. And the trade-off, which would be to um, significantly reduce um, some of the size of the proposed building, would I think hamper the meeting the building meeting the goals that the campus and the project sponsor are trying to achieve. I do hope there can be more conversations with the garden, and I don't know enough about gardening, despite my mom being an avid gardener, I am not a green thumb. Um, so hopefully there could be some accommodations either of what type of um, plants or vegetables can grow well in the shade or even a way to somehow get more sun, which I know is probably already at a premium given that the sunset is not the sunniest part of the city, generally speaking. And so reducing the, the sunlight even more can be certainly a challenge. So those are my comments. I don't have any questions myself for the project sponsor, um, but I'm supportive of the project. Commissioner Koppel? Yeah, before I get into my comments, just wanted to uh, ask project sponsor a question just uh, regarding the scheduling. Um, this is a school, and so typically we've, we hear schools uh, every, every now and then, and there's typically some um, type of scheduling that needs to be done because schools are either in session or not in session at certain times of year. Could you mind just uh, maybe uh, touching on what the scheduling like is for this project and um, how urgent we're, we're looking to get started? Yes, thank you, Commissioner Koppel. Um, yes, you're right, the scheduling is very important because um, the demolition work can, needs to be done between school semesters. So it either happens in a December timeframe or a summer timeframe, and there's kind of no middle ground there. Um, the, the project is planning to start their demolition. They're planning to take a long, longer winter break in December of 2024. To, to do that demolition work. So that's when they would like to start the project and it's already gonna be a race for us to get through the permitting process and all of that to, to be able to do that. Great, thanks very much. Uh, so hats off to all the students here today. Uh, whoever's teaching uh, public speaking at SI needs a, a, a little raise there. Well done, everybody. Um, it's, it's interesting, I just got an invite in the mail for my 30th high school reunion just down the street at Lowell High School, but um, just funny how, how 
things are coming in my mail regarding high school these days. But uh, hey, look at look at the kids sitting next to you today and just like realize what you guys are being a part of today. These might be the best friends for the rest of your life. And, you know, you may not realize it now, but once you do come back and check out uh, the school, if it's approved, that uh, it'll be a really big deal for you guys. And you, you, can, you can always share that. Um, I grew up in Park Merced and live in the sunset still, so I've driven by this school a thousand times, very familiar with it. Um, impressed that there's going to be no staff or student increase. We, we've seen that in a couple uh, prior projects that we've heard. Um, and just blown away by the, the Father, Father Sauer Academy. Um, it's, you know, it's definitely a, a high population of Irish and Italian students at SI, but it's great to see that diversity, inclusivity, and monetary tuition assistance has become a big priority to really put you guys in, in the middle of the community. Uh, I wanted to address um, one caller's concern regarding light pollution, and this kind of ties into the stadium lighting item we heard, where a lot of neighbors were complaining about bright lights intruding into their houses coming through the, the windows. and. Uh, me being an electrician, I know that normally newer technologies are always an improvement um, on the older technologies. So before where you had lights that literally sprayed lights um, in too wide of areas and literally did cause light pollution, I, I know for a fact that newer technologies are more focused uh, with, with less light pollution and more efficiency. So I really think you know this project, the looks of it are amazing. I think it's just gonna be a huge improvement for the neighborhood and um, thoroughly impressed to hear uh, a lot of people calling in support. Let me list off the tile layers, the plumbers, the glaziers, the fire sprinklers, electricians, laborers, teamsters, painters, and roofers. And that's not all of them. There's 32 trades in the building trades, 32 trades. So sometimes we see projects where there's one here. So this one's gonna use 32 trades. And uh, like the principal said, it's gonna be built on site and here in San Francisco. So Noriega and Terravel, those, those coffee shops, those restaurants, those bars, they're gonna be busy. They're gonna be busy for a couple of years. And ideally, this is what I've always stood for, me being on this commission for seven years, is since day one, local contractors using local supply houses, using local apprentices, using local workers. And when the jobs are built here in San Francisco and the construction workers are working here in San Francisco, that money gets spent here in San Francisco. So can't, can't stress that enough, and that's just a huge deal that I, I caught you saying, uh, Mr. Principal, so thank you for that. Um, I do know that this project does have a, a crunch timeline and do not want to just blow by the opposition. I'm, I'm going to be making a motion here shortly, but I also do want to include in the motion that staff continues to work throughout the process um, with the, the community gardens to make sure they get as much as they can get, um, you know, working with the project sponsor in good faith. So um, that's pretty much what all I got. Just excited to see the project. Thanks for bringing all the kids today. It really like lightens things up for us. It can be pretty serious business up here every Thursday. So it's, it's always a good treat to hear some other people. Uh, I do want to make a motion to approve with the, the staff's recommendations while also continuing to work with the community garden. Second. Thank you, Commissioner Koppel. Commissioner Diamond. Um, ditto <laughs> to all of the above. Um, but I wanted to mention a few points that haven't been discussed already, um, just so they're on the record. Um, I uh, want to applaud the school. Um, I know it takes an incredible amount to raise the money um, to invest in the future. Um, and as a city, I 
want to express at least our appreciation for the work that it takes in order to have the facilities to continue to serve future generations. So um, really great work and we're really thrilled, or I'm really thrilled you're taking that on. Um, second is, it was a delight to hear about your mission um, and all of the work that's done by the kids in the community. Uh, great role model for all of our schools, so thank you for your work in that regard. Third, I'm going to add, even though it's rep repetitive, to add congratulations to the kids for taking time off and showing uh, up at the hearing and see how we do business, um, but also um, for engaging in the civic uh, part of this process and speaking up about why the school means so much to them and why this project will specifically benefit future kids. Um, I was surprised you didn't ask for an enrollment increase. I am familiar with how these schools operate, and I know that the primary, primary way to fund teacher salaries, which is the biggest expense, um, is through tuition. Had you proposed an enrollment increase and accompanied it with traffic mitigation measures, that would have been something that would have been of interest to me because I'd want to make sure that uh, your facilities are available for many more kids. Um, so as you ponder your future, um, I'll just put that out there. Uh, we recently got an enrollment increase for University High School, and I thought they made a really cogent argument about why that was necessary. The design is beautiful. Um, I think it fits in um, in a very, very uh, lovely manner with the existing building, uh, and I look forward to seeing it built. Um, as for the garden, um, so community gardens are really important, um, and I want to second um, the notion that you should keep working. Um, the school should keep working uh, with the gardens. I'm intrigued by the possibility of the relocation of some of the boxes to the northern part of the site so that they will have more sunlight. I hope that's part of your discussions. But I believe that the school and the architects already have an over 35-foot buffer between the buildings and the uh, boxes. And I don't feel, given that it's a code-compliant project, that I want to ask for more and have them have to take down stories of important classroom space. Um, and then lastly, I have a couple of small questions for staff on the conditions. I think there are additional corrections that they may be typos or whatever. I'm looking at the red line version you handed out today. Yes. At the end of performance condition one validity, you talk about five years, which I agree with in the first part of the sentence, but in the last part you refer to this three-year period. I'm pretty sure That's you mean this five-year period. Correct. That sentence did not get updated. Okay. Um, I'm going to pass by two for a moment and go to three. You had indicated that diligent pursuit was going to be changed to five years, but in the version you handed out today, it's still three years. The version that was emailed did have the five years. I may have printed us that before that. Okay. <laughs> so, so that was correct. That's supposed to be. That will be the correct, yeah. Okay. The version the commission secretary has does okay. say five years. I want to make sure it's yeah. five years. Apologies um, for that. So I'm still a little confused by the language in condition two. My understanding, and just correct me if I've got this wrong, is that they need to commence construction of the first phase within five years. Correct. And they need to commence construction of the second phase within 20 years of today. So by Correct. Now, right. After 20 years from today, any commencement of construction would have to occur under a new uh, approval 
okay. uh, or modification, a renewal of this conditional use authorization or a new uh, conditional use authorization. It's, it's a little confusing the way it's written here because it doesn't refer to phase one or phase two. Um, and the first sentence of this condition reads very similarly to the sentence you just added. And I think what you're saying is the first sentence applies to phase one, but the last sentence applies to phase two. Is that Effectively, correct? Effectively, yes. It's two expiration to a degree, but they're kind of uh, expiring different things. One has a sunset on when permits have to be in, and the other one has the sunset of permits can no longer come in under this application. So could we just clarify then um, that yes. the first sentence of two is applying to phase one, but the last sentence is applying to phase two? Absolutely. We can find a way to uh, okay. directly link those. Okay. And then my last clarification is on off-street loading on 12, a condition 12, where it now says pursuant to the planning code 152, the project will provide two off-street loading spaces. So the project is defined as just the new addition. But if I'm understanding correctly, the cumulative total of what's is going to continue to exist plus the project. Two. The, so the projects, two will be provided when this project is finished. Um, that is the requirement for the entirety of the site. At a technical level, this project's additional square footage triggers one, uh, but they're removing one within the process. So they actually will just be replacing the one that they're required to have, which will be so net. No net new difference, but two will be provided okay. based on the cumulative uh, area of the. So could you revise that to make it clearer? Because at the moment, it sounds like. Two new ones will be provided. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so those are, if you wouldn't mind modifying your motion to include those revisions, um, that would be great. Thank you. Yes, I'm okay with that. Great. Thank you. Commissioner Rees? Rees? Yeah. Thank you. Um, echo all the comments made by the commissioners. I have a long ways to go for my daughter to go to high school, but I would just hope that she would have the opportunity to go to such a well-rounded school such as SI. And I was just so impressed by all the students and what they had to say. And I think that's just such a testament of the education that you offer. So. Um, I'm very excited about this project. I also want to just encourage continued conversations with the community garden. And I also want to highlight one comment that I heard um, about the farmer's market. And so I wonder, is there going to be any potential impact to the Sunset Mercantile? I know that they have events outside of the farmer's market on Sunday. I went to an event last night for Day of the Dead. Do you anticipate any impact to that? Because I know it's right along SI. Do you mean construction? Yeah, construction impacts. That, I think that was the concern from the public commenter. About. Go ahead. <laughs> we, we have talked about this, and the contractor does not plan on closing the parking stalls immediately out in front of the school where the market sits up except for when the sidewalk itself is being replaced. There may be isolated times when they need to mount a crane or something like that, but the, in general, the plan is not to do weekend work. Now, every project I've worked on runs into a crunch time at some point during the project where there is some weekend work going on, but they are not planning to use the street, and they plan to work on weekdays, typically. 
Does that help address your question? I, th I think so, yeah. I and I don't know if it's at all possible to maybe communicate that with Sunset Mercantile as construction continues, if there's any impact or maybe um, obstruction of the area in which they host their events. Um, I think that would be great. Just give them advance. They do work on a schedule, so advance notice should be possible. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Moore? <coughs> I second every comment my fellow commissioners made from the technical ones uh, from Mr. Koppel. I think they were very appropriate, particularly for fear of light, light intrusion and overall impact to what everybody else said. And uh, I just like to echo the admiration uh, for the, your student body, how they spoke, how they spoke with individual compassion and passion about their future, but also looking beyond their own time at the school. And I do hope that your school's mission and your students' eloquence allows you to carry the inclusiveness and connections they're speaking about into your ongoing conversation with the community garden. For us sitting here, both missions of the school as well as open space and community in their garden are equally important. And while we always talk about buildings and the impact on living in an urban setting to find a common ground, i.e. moving the, the planters over or potentially asking the adjoining property to the north to share additional space, all of that is important. But I think it's in the ongoing dialogue from demolition to building and the lengthy process of integrating or uh, realizing the school where this connection, I think, can build so that ultimately your students, as ever become parents, see themselves using the garden and see the duality of both to peacefully in the future. That is my wish for you, and I'm in full support of the project. Thank you. I don't see any other commissioner comments. Uh, we have a motion. Made by Commissioner Koppel and seconded, I think, by Commissioner Moore and Diamond. I don't know who will, will write down, we'll got it. To but. approve with conditions. <laughs> Either one. Yes, and continue for yes, staff absolutely. to work with the community garden. Yeah, as well as Commissioner Diamond's uh, amendments to the motion. Right. Very good. So there's a motion that has been seconded to approve the project with conditions, uh, including uh, staff to continue working with the community garden um, organization, as well as the corrections uh, uh, read into the record by Commissioner Diamond. On that motion, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously 7 to 0. We'll take a sh short 10 minute break. TV. 
San Francisco Government Television.
Okay, good afternoon and welcome back to the San Francisco Planning Commission regular hearing for Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Commissioners, we left off under your regular calendar on item 19 for case number 2023-002914 CUA for the property at 322 through 324 Fair Oak Street. This is a conditional use authorization. Thank you, Jonas. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Michelle Taylor for Planning Department staff. This proposal is a request for conditional use authorization to allow the removal of an unauthorized dwelling unit. 322 to 324 Fair Oaks is a two-story over-basement residential building comprised of two legal units and one unauthorized dwelling unit. The project site is located within an RH3 zoning district and a 40X height and bulk district within the Mission neighborhood bordering Noe Valley. The proposed project would remove an unauthorized dwelling unit from the storage area of an existing three, uh, residential building and the project includes removal of the kitchen, retention of the bathroom and use of the resulting space for storage. The building would retain the two existing legal dwelling units. The project was filed in response to planning enforcement case number 2022-005088-ENF. The unauthorized unit is located on the first floor of the residential structure and is unoccupied by tenants. The unauthorized unit is approximately 360 square feet 
It has a full kitchen and has a total lack of visual spatial connection to the other units on the property. It is independently accessible through a side entrance. The unit is well documented in the Department of Building Inspections complaint history and rent board records. The unauthorized unit has a ceiling height which varies but does not exceed seven feet five inches and thus does not meet building code requirements. Removal of the floor, shoring, excavation, and new foundation would be required to legalize the unit per the Department of Building Inspection. Since publication of your commission packets, the department has received one letter of support for the removal of the unit. The project sponsor has been very responsive to planning department comments and requirements, and they have never exceeded the base fines for the enforcement violation. Staff recommends approval with conditions of the project. The department finds that the project is on balance, consistent with the objectives and policies of the general plan, although the project results in a loss of a dwelling unit conversion of the unauthorized unit back to storage, it is necessary to eliminate design, functional habitability deficiencies that cannot otherwise be corrected without significant construction costs as detailed in your commission packet. Department also finds that the project to be necessary, desirable, and compatible with the surrounding neighborhood and not to be detrimental to persons or adjacent properties in the vicinity. This concludes my presentation. I'll be available to answer any questions. I'll now hand it over to the property owner, Rosie Cho. Thank you. Okay, project sponsor, you have five minutes. Thank you. Good afternoon, President Tanner, commissioners. Uh, my, my name is Rosie Cho. I am a co-owner of the property. Uh, my other co-owner and partner, Josh Pollock, was unable to be here in person today, but I believe he is attending virtually and could be available to answer any questions that you may have that I may not, that I'm unable to answer. Um, since Ms. Taylor has been so clear and succinct in explaining the issues, I'm going to keep my comments very brief, especially after um, the stellar performance of the last group. I feel I can't top that. <laughs> I do not have a fan club behind me, unfortunately. Um, so my partner and I are decades-long residents of San Francisco. We love San Francisco, although there have been times when we, that love has waned. But <laughs> We want to continue to live here uh, for as long as possible. Uh, we were very relieved when we learned that the department was going to recommend approval based on the financial infeasibility standard. Um, but beyond the standard, I, I do want to tell this commission that, I mean, the simple fact is that my partner and I cannot afford the cost of bringing this unit uh, to code. Um, we purchased the building knowing that some unpermitted work had been done, but we did not know fully the entire ramifications of what that meant. Um, any potential increased value in getting the unit legalized, um, even if it was potentially far greater, it's, 
It's only realized if we actually sold the building, which we have no desire to do. Um, the potential value is just that, it's potential. It's not gonna help us pay for the construction costs up front. Uh, we very much support the city's effort to increase the housing stock and wish we could be a part of that and contribute to that, but we just cannot at this point. Um, and I wanna end with, by saying that this issue has been very nerve-wracking uh, for me personally, as well as my partner, um, having to grapple with the possibility that we might have to give up the property or even give up on San Francisco because of this. So for these reasons, I ask the commission to please approve the application. Thank you. Okay, if that concludes project sponsor's presentation, we should open up public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Through the chair, you'll each have two minutes. Good afternoon, commissioners. Hi, my name is Andy Levine. I'm an architect and have lived in Noe Valley for 35 years. I've worked in the city for over 40. Uh, I'm also um, giving back to the city now, as you are, um, by being on the Upper Noe Neighbors Board. I'm the land use chair. We support our neighbors, our, we, our, our members, uh, to help them navigate uh, the DR process, the, continue, the, uh, the whole process through the city. And um, I just met Rosie Cho, who has uh, a member of our organization, and um, she told me that um, they bought the building in 2016 and they inherited this problem. They didn't build the unit. Uh, and they have found through the pandemic that living at home uh, with home office, they have need for extra storage uh, rather than, uh, I mean, it's tough to take a unit off the market. I know that's been um, very difficult and challenged and impossible, but um, we appreciate your concern and following the staff recommendation to allow them to um, not have to go through the huge expense of lowering the floor, changing the foundation. It would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's uh, beyond their means. Anyway, thank you and uh, appreciate your help. Last call for public comment. Seeing none, public comment is closed and this matter is now before you commissioners. Thank you. Um, just want to thank staff for a very thorough report. It was very easy to understand the facts of this case and understand what's happening. Um, I certainly am supportive of the staff recommendation and would entertain a motion to approve. Commissioner Moore? I'm in support, I'm in support of the staff recommendation. Uh, again, I would echo uh, President Tanner's observation, very thorough report answering all the very critical questions that we always ask. Much appreciated. Uh, I make a motion that we approve with conditions. I'll second. Commissioner Brown, did you want to add anything? Oh, sorry. No, I'm, uh, I'm very much in favor of this. Great, thank you. There's nothing further, Commissioners. There is a motion that has been seconded to approve with conditions. On that motion, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously. Seven to zero and will place us on item 20 for case number 
2023-00-3074-CUA at 600 Ortega Street, a conditional use authorization. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Gretel Gunther, Planning Department staff. The project before you requests a conditional use authorization to demolish an existing 2,217 square foot single family home and construct a new three story, 4,465 square foot single family home. The project is located in the Golden Gate Heights neighborhood between 11th and 14th Avenue in an RH1 zoning district in a 40X height and bulk district. The existing single-family home proposed for demolition is a two-story, three-bedroom single-family dwelling. The replacement structure is proposed to be three stories with four bedrooms. The project also includes one off-street parking space, one bicycle parking space, and three rear decks. To date, the department has received correspondence from one member of the public expressing concerns related to drifting sand, the height of the proposed dwelling unit, and potential impacts from shadows. Although the project results in the demolition of an existing dwelling unit, the project provides one replacement dwelling unit and will not result in a loss of dwelling units. The project will create one dwelling unit to maximize density per the RH1 zoning district. The proposed structure is code compliant and compatible with the surrounding context in terms of massing, scale, and material, and further is within the permitted height limit of 30 feet for the subject lot. On balance, the department finds the project to be consistent with the objectives and policies of the general plan and finds the project to be necessary desirable and compatible with the surrounding neighborhood and to not be detrimental to persons or adjacent properties within the vicinity. The department recommends approval with conditions. This concludes my presentation and I'm available for questions. I will now turn it over to the project sponsor for a brief presentation. Thank you. Project sponsor, you have five minutes. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, my name is Summer. Uh, me and a hus my husband are the owners of 600 Ortega. My husband has pa patient care today and he can't come in for this meeting. Uh, so we are both dentists and um, we own a small family-based uh, uh, dental practice in the Sunset neighborhood. And um, uh, so we've been there for like over 10 years now in the Sunset. And um, uh, we have two younger kids, and both of size of our parents are living with us right now. So we are in deep need of a bigger space. So appreciate all of your consideration. Thank you. Hi, commissioners. Uh, my name is Kyleen Yen. I'm the architect, one of the architects here for 600 Ortega Street. Um, the owners hope to rebuild their family's single-family home so that it will stay safe uh, for many generations to come. Thus, we are requesting a CUA for the project at 600 Ortega Street for the main reasons listed below. Uh, the poor soil condition on our side of Ortega is rendering the current home unsafe. As seen in the geotechnical report, the subsoil is mostly fill tossed over the side of the hill from the time the road was originally cut into. There is loose sand to a depth of 30 feet um, before bedrock is reached, resulting in very troubling landslide potential. This makes retrofitting the shallow foundations for a renovation project not feasible. 
and the current buildings foundation uh, for renovation the current buildings foundation is experiencing settlement related cracking and needs upgrading for seismic and soil issues um, the re recommended foundation type is a deep pier design with possible tiebacks to help stabilize the home and it's impossible to operate this machinery required to install this kind of foundation system underneath the existing home. Um, therefore, full demolition is really the only viable option. The adjacent neighbors at 610 Ortega had serious settlement issues just a few years after their significant renovation project, and the owners had to go back to reinforce their foundation after the project was completed. In trying to save costs and avoid demolition initially, they created an unsafe condition for um, on their property and a danger to adjacent properties. And due to this similar conditions at our property, we hope to fully upgrade the foundation from the outset and avoid the situation that's happened uh, next door. At the beginning, we spent time considering the inclusion of an ADU with the owners. Uh, however, the owner's needs and goals suggested a different solution. As designed, the living area is located on the ground floor for ease of use, um, garage access, entry access, and the grandparents intend to live on the top, top floor. It was important to the owners that the flat direct access to the main living areas be provided so there isn't enough space um, uh, to fit an ADU on the ground floor. Um, placing an ADU on the upper level uh, doesn't quite make sense either with the redundant circulation space. Due to the pre-existing soil condition on this project, uh, excavation and rear expansion for an ADU is extremely difficult and cost prohibitive. Both adjacent neighbors attended the pre-app meeting held on February 21st. The privacy concerns for both neighbors, uh, 590 and 610, were brought up at this meeting and to address these comments, we revised the proposed rear deck to include some property line planters and offsets that were acceptable to both neighbors. Um, as part of our plan check, the first floor deck on the east side was additionally pulled in three feet from the side property line. Uh, we respectfully request that the design solution that we worked out with the adjacent neighbors be approved as designed. Thank you. Okay, if that concludes the sponsor's presentation, we should take public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. Seeing no request to speak, public comment is closed. And this matter is now before you, commissioners. Thank you, I wanna thank staff for the presentation and thank you to the architect also for answering some of our questions, such as consideration of an ADU, but understanding this location is not, you know, um, the, the rear yard certainly wouldn't be suitable for an ADU, so thank you all for exploring um, that possibility. Um, I'm very supportive of this project, certainly um, also, you know, it makes sense to do a full demolition and thank you for providing the additional information about the soils um, just kind of understanding the thought process and approach to um, designing uh, the proposed home <clears throat> commissioner diamond um, i'm going to move to approve i think the des design solution makes sense and that i'm glad you considered the addition of an adu and your explanation makes a great deal of sense to me and um, our code doesn't require an ADU, but I am appreciative of the fact that you tried to see if you could include one, so I'd move to approve. I'll second. Okay. Commissioner Moore? Uh, I had privacy concerns, but the architect very thoroughly describing that there was indeed an agreement with the neighbors uh, makes me not want to elaborate on that further and support the project. Thank you. 
If there's nothing further, Commissioners, there is a motion that has been seconded to approve with conditions on that motion. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperio? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously 7 to 0 and will place us on item 21 for case number 2022-008829-CUA at 2277 33rd Avenue, conditional use authorization. Please note that on September 28, 2023, after hearing and closing public comment, you continued this matter to today's date by a vote of six to one with Commissioner Diamond voting against. Good afternoon, members of the Planning Commission, Sharon Young, Planning Department staff. The project before you is a request for a conditional use authorization for a change of use from a vacant residential care facility back to its original use as a single-family home, measuring approximately 3,300 square feet, located at 227733 Avenue within the RH1 zoning district in the 40X Heightenburg district. The proposal includes an interior model and exterior alterations to this two-story building. No expansion is proposed. This project was heard by this commission on September 28th and after hearing and closing public comment continued to today. Public testimony was heard from a representative of self-help for the elderly, another licensed care facility operator and supervisor's chance office. Self-help for the elderly expressed interest in this property but lacks funding at this time. Supervisor Chan's office requested a continuance for the project and additional information on trends of residential care facilities in San Francisco. The department finds the project is unbalanced, consistent with the intent of the RH1 zoning district and objectives and policies of the general plan and meets all applicable planning code requirements. The project will convert a vacant residential care facility that that can no longer operate due to a lack of funding back to its original use as a single family home in a mostly residential neighborhood of Parkside. The department also finds the project to be necessary, desirable, and compatible with the surrounding neighborhood and not to be significantly detrimental to persons or adjacent properties in the vicinity. The department recommends approval with conditions of the project. I will turn the presentation over to my supervisor, Natalia Fossi, for additional information. I'm available for, for any questions. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. Natalia Fossi, Planning Department staff. We heard your careful de deliberation on this topic. I would like to call your attention to additional material in the case report under Exhibit H and I. Exhibit H is the response to Supervisor Chan's letter of inquiry on residential care facility trends in the city from both the Planning Department and the Department of Disability and Aging Services. Exhibit I is a report published by the city's Long-Term Care Coordinating Council on affordable living care in San Francisco. Based on our research, small facilities such as this, prop such as this property are disappearing at a fast rate due to a lack of funding, shifting fam family dynamics, and broader economic trends, such as an increase in operating costs. Cost is and continues to be the most significant barrier. Simply put, small facilities are not a financially sustainable model anymore and are unlikely to return without additional funding or city subsidy. Since planning does not have direct operational authority over these facilities, they are usually vacant by the time an application is filed and the project is in front of you. 
We understand this is a difficult issue as there is a large need for affordable assisted living in San Francisco. I hope this additional information is helpful. I am available for questions and the project sponsor is present and has prepared a short presentation. Thank you. Project sponsor through the chair, you have three minutes as this has already been heard. Uh, good afternoon, President Tanner and Commissioners. Daniel Turner here from Rubin, Junius and Rose with the project sponsors and owners of 2277 33rd Avenue. Um, as you heard, the project sponsors are seeking conditional use authorization to convert the property from a residential care facility back to a single family home. This matter was first before you on September 28th and was continued also to allow project sponsors to re-engage in discussions with Self-Help for the Elderly, a nonprofit operator, for Self-Help's potential acquisition of the property. Um, in the intervening five weeks, project sponsors made several efforts to facilitate this conversation. The first began immediately after the previous hearing with a verbal discussion between project sponsors, the supervisor's office, and self-help. Project sponsor expressed their desire to find a solution that allowed self-help to take over the property if funding and a reasonable timeline could be agreed to. Project sponsor and self-help also told the supervisor's representative that the primary issue was secure, securing funding for self-help and that it would be helpful if the supervisor's office could participate in the negotiations to help and to help identify and facilitate potential city funding sources. Project sponsor team sent an email restating the conversation the following day and also sent follow-up emails every 10 days or so. One response was received from the supervisor's office explaining that the office could not help with the specific property, but that they'd be happy to discuss the broader policy issues. As of today, no response was received from self-help. Um, I also wanted to echo the contextual findings that the report made, um, as Natalia discussed. Um, and one of them was that um, the, sorry, the report found that the likelihood of new care facilities in the city um, was unlikely and questioned their long-term viability. Um, the findings of the report mirror the struggles faced by project sponsors in finding a new care operator and that economic and other factors are making small care facilities more and more infeasible. In spite of these broader trends, project sponsors have made several proactive and concerted efforts to keep residential care facility at the property, but these efforts have unfortunately proved futile and of great cost to the owners. In light of these trends and project sponsors' efforts, we respectfully request that you grant this conditional use authorization. Thank you. And the project sponsors are here if you have any questions. Okay, with that, we should open up public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, you need to just simply come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed, and this matter is now before you. Thank you, Nicole and Commissioner Imperial. Thank you, and thank you for the um, for your project sponsor in, in meeting with the self-help for the early and also together with the supervisor chance office. Um, so in in this case, you know, I, I guess it really confirms that the um, that there's no funding for it, and that self-help self-help for the elderly cannot fully acquire this you know, purchase. So I'll move to approve um, with, uh, move to approve this project. Second. Okay. If there's nothing further, commissioners, there is a motion that has been seconded to approve with conditions on that motion. Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Ruiz. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Koppel. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner. Aye. So moved, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero. 
Commissioners, that will place us under your discretionary review calendar for items 22A and B. For case numbers 2019-01579-2DRP and VAR for the property at 355 Lombard Street, you will consider the discretionary review hearing and the zoning administrator or the acting zoning administrator will be considering the variance. Is that you today? Pardon us, commissioners. We're going to take a quick minute to find the staff that are assigned to this project. Is there an acting zoning administrator in the building? There we go. Mr. Winslow and Zier coming up. I will say the sound is not working on the TV back there, so they may not have heard us in their time. Good afternoon, Commissioners. David Winslow, Staff Architect. The item before you is a public-initiated request for discretionary review of building permit application number 2019-0816.9021 to construct a three-story vertical addition over an existing one-story garage to add two dwelling units to a property with, an, with two existing dwellings located in uh, a legal non-complying building located in the rear portion of the site. The existing building is a Category A historic resource uh, built in 1913. The site is approximately 22 feet wide and 107 feet deep on a steeply upsloping lot. The first DR requester, John Brellig of 347 Lombard Street, the adjacent property to the east, is concerned that the proposed project does not conform to the residential design guidelines related to impacts to light noise and privacy, as well as building scale and form uh, that does not respect the existing front setbacks. The second re DR requester, Robert Shattuck and Anya Chambers of 361 Lombard, the adjacent property to the immediate west, is concerned that the project does not mitigate impacts to light. It will significantly reduce light through um, and, oh, I'm sorry, we'll also have noise and privacy impacts due to the decks uh, that are adjacent to the living rooms and a uh, living room and bedrooms of uh, the property. Uh, the proposed alternatives are to remove ro the roof deck and balconies that will impact privacy and light and noise, I'm sorry, privacy and noise for 361 and 359 Lombard, increase the setbacks on the western side of the proposal to allow more light to the existing windows of the eastern side of 361 and 359 Lombard, to step back the front uh, so that it matches the styles of the adjacent properties, and reduce the height of the proposed development to reduce the echo chamber effect uh, that would be created by the building uh, creating a courtyard, um, which would also incidentally improve light for existing properties um, on 355 Lombard. The uh, to date, the department has received no letters of support or uh, letters in opposition. The proposal is building, uh, the proposed building is code compliant and below the height limit, um, but creates the need for an exposure variance to the existing building. Um, and the department supports the creation of two new units. Um, the uh, the massing is appropriately, moderates uh, appropriately the massing of the two adjacent neighbors' buildings. Five-foot side setback to the east adequately maintains light and air for the adjacent property to the east. 
The setback on the west front was determined not to be necessary because of the distance between the front facades uh, enables adequate light and air to the adjacent neighbor. Overall, the proposed building maintains the scale and proportions of the block face. Uh, however, the location of the front roof deck uh, does present a potential to enable users to infringe upon the privacy of neighbors and along with that unnecessary noise. Therefore, staff recommends the commission take discretionary review and require the project to set the roof, back, roof deck back nine feet from the front building wall. This concludes my presentation. Thank you. DR requester, you have five minutes. Thank you, David. Can we use this? Sure can. Um, thank you very much, Commission. Uh, two asks. Um, as you can see, this gives you a little bit of context for the 300 block of Lombard Street. Um, as you can see, it's it's a little bit of a unique block characterized by a lot of uh, varied front setbacks and a lot of top floor setbacks. You can also appreciate why the owner would want to build. There is obviously, as you can see, a very large uh, opportunity. They're not using most of the land today. If I own that lot, I'd probably want to build as well. Regarding the front setback, um, clearly we have varied front setbacks in this case. Uh, they're employing the average front setback method. It makes a lot of sense. Um, we would argue it works well for floors one and two, as you can see set forth here. However, in floor three, it protrudes forward from both adjacent properties over nine feet uh, and breaks that kind of elegant transition from property A to property B um, as it protrudes forward from both properties. Attached. <clears throat> Attached is a visual from the east and west, as you can see the dwelling protruding forward. Again, with the varied front setbacks and the residential design guidelines, the, the goal is to really transition from A to B, uh, not really protruding forward from both properties, but to try and provide that elegant transition. As David mentioned, there, there's a secondary concern with daylight. Um, the shadow study conducted shows there is pretty material impact to daylight to both myself and my downstairs neighbor who has also voted in support of this. Um, it's difficult to fully remove the daylight impact. Um, however, the top floor setback does mitigate daylight for 349 Lombard and for 347 Lombard. Um, I would note like it is north facing windows. This is not a year round challenge, uh, but does get addressed two to three, four months a year as have a pretty material daylight impact. To clarify the ask, the ask is a top floor setback that would be more unified. We think it better adheres to the residential design guidelines. You can see the design there on the left. I would also add this was the original proposal. The 2019 plan had the top floor setback included um, with the goal to really elegantly transition uh, uh, between the adjacent properties. Um, we recognize and appreciate square footage is a major concern for the project, project owner. Um, the net impact based on the discussion would be 70 square feet. Uh, we've compromised and been willing to even fill in property line windows, in which case the net impact difference, we're talking 30, 25, 30 square feet net impact difference. Any questions there? Am I allowed to ask that? They'll ask questions if they have any okay, when you're done. Okay, fair enough. 
Really quick, um, onto the roof deck. Uh, the main concern of the roof deck, quite frankly, is just the proximity. Uh, given the nature of it, it's wedged between two exterior walls, both to the east and to the west. There is an existing 800 square foot roof deck on the lot in the back um, that is above both units. Uh, we have had noise issues with that. There are rooftops that happens. We're mostly concerned on the unique proximity of this. As Justice there, um, given it is wedged in between the two exterior walls. I think there's a lot of things we can do around here with privacy and putting privacy gates up. Acoustics is our concern, is it really effectively creates a pretty strong echo chamber. Uh, right now, we already have a lot of noise issues. Uh, the proposal would, with the roof deck and the existing back roof deck and the balcony and the terrace has over 1,500 square feet of exterior roof deck space which would be significantly more than adjacent properties or any properties on the block. So those are the two asks is um, leverage the existing 800 square foot roof deck, the balcony, the terrace, and the courtyard for open air, uh, and to just set back that front a little bit, create a more unified landscape, street landscape, um, and mitigate some of our daylight concerns. Thank you very much. Okay, if that concludes the DR requester's presentation, we should hear from the project sponsor. I'm sorry, we have two, there's two of them. Oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Second DR requester. Good afternoon, commissioners. Thank you for your time. Um, my name is Robert Shattuck from 361 Lombard Street. Um, I should say that um, this, is, this proposal is an extension of a 2019 application. Um, since then, it has added a second unit and also increased in height. If we were talking about the 2019 proposal without a roof deck, uh, none of us would be here today. Um, our concerns primarily around privacy from the roof deck and noise that uh, might be created. We tried to illustrate that uh, here. Um, the roof deck on this addition uh, will sit between and lower um, between two properties, creating acoustic issues, as well as, as David Winslow, the planning department has recognized, some privacy issues as it would uh, create a direct view into the master bedroom on our property. Uh, the proposed setback uh, that David has talked about on the, um, on the roof deck would go some way to mitigate this. Um, however, we feel that the proposal would be enhanced if the top story of this uh, um, building was stepped back as shown in the illustration on the right that would permanently resolve any privacy issues rather than a setback on a large expanded roof area, um, as well as addressing the daylight issues uh, for the other adjacent properties. Uh, in addition to that, we are concerned about the echo chamber effects that will result uh, from this building having um, four-sided courtyard uh, I've tried to illustrate that here. We have a kind of dungeon-like courtyard going on with the addition of this um, structure at the front of the lot. Uh, that will create an echo chamber as well as reducing the total light flux on, the, uh, on all the surrounding properties, including the project sponsor's uh, property. We'd like, therefore, that uh, um, this proposal was returned to its original 2019 single unit dwelling um, and without a roof deck. Uh, regarding the addition from one unit to two unit, I'd like to hand over to Laura just to talk about the density exception. Thank you. Okay. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, Laura Strazo, attorney for the DR requesters. I just wanted to take a few minutes to highlight something in our brief related to the project's reliance on the density exception. Um, as you're aware, this is a brand new law, so not very many projects have come forward. In this case, this project cannot qualify for the density exception because it has a very specific rear yard requirement. Can we go to the overhead? Um, as you can see in the text of the law, if you are having four dwelling units, which this project proposes, you have to have a rear lot size of 30% or 15 feet, whichever is greater. In this case, the rear yard is only 25%. So unfortunately, it can't benefit from the density bonus. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions about that. Um, but in that case, it can only have one unit in the front. And if it had only one unit in the front, the setback would also be much more nominal, um, as my clients have mentioned. Thank you. Okay. If that concludes the second DR requester's presentation, we should take the project sponsor. Uh, you'll have 10 minutes for your DRs and variants. <laughs> if you need it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ben Farrell. Good afternoon, all of you, commissioners. Um, I'm glad I got to go second here because honestly I didn't know what was coming. Um, we've had quite a few conversations with the neighbors uh, going all the way back to 2019 and there was you know, a laundry list of concerns. Um, most of them have been repeated here. This is the first time I'm seeing the, the density issue one. Um, luckily we have the zoning administrator in the room. We can settle it with him. I can't comment on that because honestly I don't know. The, the regulations in this area are very fluid. They have been very fluid for quite some time. I'm not sure where we landed on it and I'm just sort of doing what planning staff has told me was allowable. So um, you are correct that in 2019 it was submitted as a single family residence, one unit. Same fundamental size in terms of height, bulk projection and setbacks. So the envelope of the building um, did not change when we were told that the the, the ADU would be allowable as part of the initial permit application. This was uh, an email I got back in, I want to say 2020, maybe early 2020. Um, I went with it. I said, that's our end goal on this one anyway. Instead of submitting two permits, we'll do it on one permit. Uh, so there was a change there. Yes, we did go from a single family uh, proposal to two unit proposal uh, with, um, not necessarily because of that, but at the same time, um, we did increase the height uh, by a foot per floor. So over three floors over the existing garage, we increased it three feet, I think. Um, we fundamentally agree with staff's recommendation on how to address this DR in terms of uh, mitigation measure and uh, shorten the, the roof deck, uh, nine feet, I think David said. Um, it does mitigate some of the privacy issues laterally and that the roof decks will not line up across the lots. Um, I don't know what to say about the noise. Noise is a factor of use, and I, I, I can design for use, but I don't control use going forward. I think that that's different people who are in charge of regulating that. Um, can I borrow your visual aid for a sec? Which one? Uh, the one that showed the roof decks, or the projection.
regardless. Um, um, some of the visual aids that have been developed are not accurately representing the property. I was going to point that out, but I can't seem to find the one that we were talking about. Um, sh short of that, like I said, we fundamentally agree with staff's recommendations on the mitigation measures for meeting the DRI requester's long list of uh, concerns on this one. Um, I don't have anything further prepared for you. I, I think that the, the packet that I submitted in terms of the, the brief for this project was fairly comprehensive in terms of our point of view on it. Okay, great, thank you. We should open up public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no request to speak, public comment is closed. DR requesters, you each have a two-minute rebuttal if you need it. Super quick. Um, for, for clarification, the I think you mentioned ADU. The, it's, I don't think it is an ADU. It's a density code exception that they are applying for in this case. Um, I, it, regarding the floor plans, glad to figure out and figure this out. We've asked for AutoCAD files. We've asked for SketchUp files. We've asked for everything. They've all been denied. So we've had uh, our own architect uh, based on the floor plans, build these out. Um, and so, uh, that, that, you know, we've tried to recreate these as factual as possible. Thank you. Second DR request or no? Uh, nothing to add. Very good. Project sponsor, you have a two-minute rebuttal if you want it. Great. With that, it's before you, commissioners. Great. Thank you for... Being so concise, everyone, we appreciate that. Um, I'm wondering, Mr. Teague, if you can please address the issue with the um, the fourplex program. It is new, and I know there is a very thorough um, explanation in our packet that I'm looking at. But if you could maybe illuminate it, because even that is it's quite complex, actually. Sure, very happy to. Um, you're right, fourplex is fairly new. This is one of, if not the first project to really propose it. Um, and it is a context that isn't typical in the sense that there's an existing building in the rear. The fourplex um, controls allow up to four units on this lot. It requires that the project um, have a 30% rear yard. Um, the reason why we determined this was eligible is kind of two reasons. One, the building itself is not, the proposed building at the front is within the buildable area. It's not it proposed to go into, the, it's not requesting a, bar a rear yard variance to go into the rear 30%. And there's also a long-standing long zoning administrator interpretation for these types of situations where there's a historically an existing home at the rear of the lot, because this is kind of happens a lot across the city, and you want to develop in the front, even though that's in the buildable area, there's still a requirement that a minimum area is maintained in between those two buildings. And if you don't maintain the, that area, then you basically trigger a rear yard variance. So that couldn't happen under fourplex, but because the project is not projecting into the rear 30% and it's also not triggering a rear yard variance as meeting the kind of pre-existing ZA interpretation on this lot context, we determined that it was eligible for, for fourplex. Thank you for explaining that. Um, I will simply say um, that I, I think Mr. Winslow for his careful analysis of the project and bringing forward some suggestions. Um, it certainly seems pretty contemporary to the other buildings and in fact, seems very similar to what some of the neighbors have in terms of roof decks. In addition, we have prided ourselves on helping to provide open space for folks. So in this context, I think the roof decks um, are providing open space for what will be ultimately four units. So it seems appropriate to have um, that outdoor space available. Uh, I want to call on Commissioner Moore. I just have one quick question for the project architect. Have you drawn what uh, 
uh, architect Winslow is asking uh, to do? No, it sort of amounted to a red line across the front of the existing roof deck. Do you have that of, available? I, no, no, I think we, I think we did it in in a, in a Zoom meeting. Okay, I think it would be very helpful uh, to to see what that looks like. Uh, I mean, I find the number uh, reasonable. Uh, I would just like to see how it falls relative to DR requesters' concerns. I don't have anything to, handy to illustrate that. Can you use a plan? If you know where it is, could you just show it to the commission with a pencil? Of course, if something? you have, sure. There is a, uh, there's a five foot notch on the east side at the front that separates off the, I think it more or less lines up with that. Oops, it slid up. Yeah, I don't want to. Okay. Pull it down. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Thank you. Th thank you for explaining that. I think it's very important for us to understand that. Good. Commissioner Diamond? So the recommendation of staff is to take DR and require the nine-foot setback, is that right? Yes. Okay, I move to take DR with the nine-foot setback. Second. Very good, commissioners. If there's nothing further, there is a motion that has been seconded to take DR and approve with staff's modifications. On that motion, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero. Commissioners, that will quickly, just for the variance. Sorry. Thank you. Zoning sure. Administrator, what's Sure. Saying? I just want to note that the lot is only 22 feet wide, and that combined with the, <clears throat> the topography here and in the overall development context, um, without going into all the details, I think it is sufficient to meet the five findings for a variance, and I intend to grant with the standard conditions. Clear. Thank you. Commissioners, that will place us on the final item on your agenda. To, I take that back. No, it is the final item. Yes, 23, number 23 for case number 2022-000-280-DRP for the property at 552 Jersey Street, a discretionary review. Good afternoon again, Commissioners. David Winslow, Staff Architect. Uh, the item before you is a public initiated request for discretionary review of building permit application number 2022.0922.2993 to construct a horizontal side addition at the rear with a deck to an existing two-story single-family house. The site is approximately 25 foot wide by 114 deep, a slightly lateral sloping lot the existing two-story building is a Category A resource built in 1900. The DR requester, Elias Levy and Lane Kennedy of 560 Jersey Street, are the adjacent neighbors to the west. We're concerned that the proposed project will affect their privacy. Their proposed alternative is to use uh, frosted or translucent glazing in the windows facing their prop side property. Um, to date, the department has received no letters in support nor letters of opposition. 
Staff supports the proposed project. The modest proposed horizontal addition maintains the appropriate scale at the rear and separation from the adjacent neighbor with a side setback. The proposed windows serving the dining room of the addition enlarge an existing smaller window and are three feet from the common property line. They face the neighbor's deck and rear windows separated by the three-foot side yard. There appears to be no evident or obvious direct view angles into the adjacent neighbor's windows from the proposed corner windows. In any case, common solutions to windows in a tight-knit environment would include window coverings to help ensure mutual privacy concerns are used and desired when, um, when, when relevant. Um, but the configuration and location of the proposed windows seems to present no uh, unusual or extraordinary circumstance. Uh, therefore, staff recommends not taking discretionary review. Thank you. Do you have a request or you have five minutes? Very good. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, commissioners. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for your continued service and efforts in being here and building a beautiful city that I love. My name is Lane Kennedy. I'm a local uh, San Francisco resident. I love this city. And uh, I am the homeowner of 560 Jersey. And, you know, perhaps I brought up attention to a number of issues with the drawings and discrepancies. My primary goal has always been to um, have a compromise and to always uh, to, to work with my neighbor. And I actually want this building to be remodeled. Um, its current state is dilapidated, it is rat infested, and it taints our neighborhood, honestly. So I'm in favor of it completely. My ask has been in obscuring the side floor to ceiling windows and bathroom windows on the east side of my building with translucent glass. It seems pretty simple to me. And just then I get to have my privacy and they get to have their privacy. I would like to share an experience in remodeling 560 Jersey. My plans were approved on March 5th of 2015. We broke ground in August and we had several conversations with our neighbors to the east all about privacy and concern and about windows. And I'd like to show some images that I have. There's, the, there's a projector. How do I get that to work? Is that not it? Oh. Well, there we go. Okay. There we go. So, perfect. So this is um, one of the windows that I had to. Um, I like that better. I don't know. This is this is my neighbor's house here. This is the window. This is another. This is another. So I show these to you because I, out of neighborly respect, and I'm going to live next to these people, I did this to my house. I didn't know what I didn't know because I didn't live there before. And so I went with a friendly spirit and changed my windows. And I'm really grateful that I did because I have a harmonious relationship between me and my neighbors. Um, I wanted to uh, show you some light that actually is in my house as a result of using this translucent window. I think it's relevant to this case. So I took this picture this morning at 7.50 in the morning. This is the mid floor. 
So this is into the dining room from that first window that I showed you. Upside down, sorry. This is on the bottom floor, uh, right next to the Fung's house, translucent window, and it gets a ton of light. This is actually my favorite house in the entire house. Uh, we do have the floor-to-ceiling windows, uh, and we have the translucent lights, so the f they don't see into us, and we don't see into them. We do sleep in this room, um, and you know, there's something about people living close to each other and voyeurism, and I really don't want my 14-year-old watching somebody go to the bathroom or sleeping or changing. Uh, and and so doing this now in hindsight, I'm really grateful that we that we did this. I also want to present uh, the plans here. Uh, this, is, this is where we're at currently on top. Sorry. And this is a, a very small window here. And we do look into that window. It's about uh, three feet, three square feet is what it is. The proposal uh, is going to be 39.4 square feet, which is 12x what we currently look at and what can currently be seen in our house. Now, that room right now is a little tiny in entry and exit room. It says on the plans that it's a sunroom. I'll wrap up. Um, but it's going to be a dining area where people, we will see what's happening and they'll see what's happening with us. And so I, I just, you know, I always come back to um, this is never about not having this project done. You know, I, I'm all for it, but I'm requesting that um, my family and whoever moves there, their privacy uh, in the future. I want to thank each of you for listening, and I appreciate you all. Thank you. Very good. The project sponsor has five minutes. Thank you. My name is Brad Gunkel with Gunkel Architecture, and I really appreciate your time, especially since we're the last item, I think, on the agenda. Um, I, can you hear me through this? Great. Okay. Uh, opening up some drawings. So, um, so this is the uh, existing um, site plan, and um, you can see right here is the existing sort of prior rear addition. Um, this was a prior permitted addition and stairs. Um, and then this shows the expansion of that addition to the east and removal of the stairs and the deck. So you can see that the the addition um, or the modifications that we're doing to the building don't actually extend any further um, into the backyard than the existing building. Uh, this shows as comparison the existing ground floor uh, here and then the proposed ground floor here. And so um, you can see that there's the existing laundry with a, a window. Um, facing the neighboring property, and then we're proposing 
a bathroom with clear story windows, so high windows um, in the same location. And then this is the second floor existing sunroom. So you can see there is a window currently facing the neighboring property here. And there are windows proposed in the dining room here for in the addition. Um, it's true that the windows, especially, well, actually the window on the lower level, I think we're reducing size. The, lower, the window on the upper level, we are increasing the size. Um, and a lot of this is related to trying to capture the only direct light um, that this, uh, that this um, building really gets at this point after the neighbor to the west's prior additions. And so um, you can see that the neighbor to the west's um, building is, you know, they, they did some pretty substantial rear additions. Um, and we're, we feel that the, you know, the modifications that we're proposing are much more in context with um, the other more historical um, neighboring properties. In fact, a lot of the neighboring buildings are, are almost identical to this one, and the additions are almost identical to what we're proposing. Um, I think this is probably the best way to see. Um, so the red um, box here represents the, the, you know, the work after the addition is performed. So you can see you already, we already have the sort of shed roof here and, um, and this two-story piece. And basically what we're just proposing is to modify the roof a little bit and add some more windows into this space. Um, this is the neighboring property. So you can see the neighboring property kind of, you know, is, is much higher up um, than, our, than, you know, our client's property. Um, and then here you can see the existing views um, that, that Helen, our client, has of the neighboring property. So these are out her window looking onto the deck of the neighboring property. And um, I think there's also some views from the neighboring property onto, into Helen's house here. And so you can see kind of how that works. But what you, what I, it's probably most important to point out is that you can see that, you know, really this, the window here is the only window that is in this entire house that's ever going to get any direct light from the sun. And so um, that was a big impetus in trying to get that window at that corner of the dining space and and you know not limiting it by putting a, you know having it frosted or having any treatment on it thank you okay if that concludes project sponsors presentation we should take public comment members of the public this is your opportunity to address the commission yeah you have two minutes Good afternoon, commissioners. Hi, Andy Levine, Levine Architects. I'm also um, representing the Upper Noe Neighbors uh, Land Use Committee. Um, I, I met Lane Kennedy. I went to her house. I looked at the drawings. Um, David, uh, uh, there are a lot of inconsistencies on in the drawing, and you mentioned something that uh, I'm not sure the exact wording that you used, but to say that the new project would not have much impact on the um, owner. That it's not drawn on here. The windows on the neighbor's side elevation are missing. The deck is missing. So um, from the um, model that the um, project sponsor's architect showed, 
um, there's um, from the from the there, there's a small window that faces the side, both at uh, at, at Lane and Elias's um, dining room and their bedroom. But there's a huge deck, and looking down to the side, there's a uh, two foot by three foot window that's in the um, toilet room of the, that they're proposing, and uh, you're looking straight down three feet away into somebody sitting on the toilet. And then there's a um, next to that is a, um, a shower, and it seems inappropriate to have clear glass at um, th it's three feet away from the, the property line. That, that they're proposing to do this and have windows. Um, upstairs, uh, the dining room, the window is two and a half feet wide. Uh, my, my hand is seven feet, but it's a nine foot high window that they're having, and uh, whether it's fully translucent or if it's certainly up to eye level, it seems much more appropriate. Um, thank you and I appreciate your concern and try to make something reasonable that uh, respects privacy. Last call for public comment. Seeing none, DR requester, you have a two-minute rebuttal if you need it. Um, I just want to thank you again. I just want to bring up the light situation and show one more. Because I live there and I've lived there for the past six years or whatever, I, you know, I know about the light that's there and, you know, her window area is way bigger than my light. Um, sorry, could we start the time, Mr. Secretary? Sorry, oh. sorry. Please continue. Okay, uh, and and so you know when they when they're talking about this natural light into the house, I am all for the light, hundred percent, because I need that to survive and be happy. Um, and and right here, you see how much light is actually going to be going into this unit, and. If we go back to this picture, you see how much light's going into, and that's the lowest level of my house. So there is a lot of light that gets into these windows. And again, I'm not here to say no to this project. I'm just asking for uh, you know, privacy on that wall that I am living on. And I don't think it's that much to ask, considering I want to be neighborly and respectful and kind uh, and I want to live there in harmony I don't want any uh, issues so that's what I have to share today um, thank you again for your time project sponsor you have a two-minute rebuttal if you need it thank you yes um, I mean it the in this environment where a house is, you know, in a narrow lot that's basically sandwiched between adjacent buildings, um, certainly, you know, putting as much north-facing glass as is possible to get some diffused light is important. But I think it's also important to use the one opportunity that exists to actually get some direct sunlight into the space, into the entire house, in fact. And that's this corner. It's facing an exterior deck of a neighboring property. Um, you know, the dining room is, you know, it, if there's privacy concerns on either side, either side can obviously, you know, provide window treatment or put up window treatment shades, et cetera. 
and the bathroom on the lower floor, the windows actually being decreased in size and instead of being a, a you know, having a lower window sill, it will ha now have be a clear story window. And again, there's always opportunities for window treatment. So, you know, I think this is a, you know, in an urban environment, allowing someone the ability to have natural light and direct light in the one location where that's possible, um, knowing that, yes, it will, you know, it will look at the neighbor's deck in the same way that the existing window looks at the neighbor's deck. You know, that's what our applicant, our client is requesting. Thank you. Okay, with that, commissioners, the DR is before you. Great, thank you. Um, just want to say uh, to the DR requester, Ms. Kennedy, certainly uh, understand your request to live in harmony with your neighbors and, and understand the actions you took with your own renovation. Um, that being said, I don't think that requires your neighbor to do the same thing, and if they don't want to do that, um, it's not required by the code, and certainly, um, you know, they can deal with the privacy issues in the way that they see fit, which maybe they don't have issues, and you'll have to deal with the challenges that you perceive on your property in the way that you see fit best. So I do not support taking DR and would approve staff's recommendation to not take DR and approve the project. Commissioner Moore? Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to verify that the dimension indeed is only three feet, asking the project architect. The DR requester is stating that the window is three feet away. Is that correct? Um, what's that? Three, three feet from the property line, not three feet from the neighbor's property. What is the distance between the windows for the um, windows? Win, window f surface to window surface? Well, I, I think it depends on which window you're talking about. I'm talking so about the bathroom window. The bathroom window is three feet from the lowest floor of the neighbor's property. Um, so here you can see down here, this is the existing bathroom window. Um, so it's not facing, oh, sorry. It's not facing the deck, it's facing the side of their house. I think their, their concern is more looking down into our client's bathroom. And I, I would agree with the DR applicant. Uh, I happen to unfortunately live in a similar situation and find it actually untenable from my living room window where I have to draw shades all the time, a north-facing window, uh, to have to look into somebody's bathroom. And uh, I see like about eight or ten bottles of shampoo on the window ledge, which I, when I have guests in my home who would like to look into the rear of our home, uh, it is not possible. Uh, that distance is too close, and I would say that at least for the bathroom, I would expect that it is an obscure, fretted or whatever glass. That's and my own experience, and I am strongly echoing the DR requester's concerns about that particular window. Thank and you. I did just clarify that that window just faces a blank wall, not another window. Okay. I thought there was a picture, if the DR requester could perhaps step up and explain that one more time. If indeed it faces a blank wall, it's one thing. Would the DR requester please explain of what you're concerned about that window are so that we better understand it? I, we literally look right down into that bathroom. So we're up here and we look into the proposed bath and toilet. From the deck? Um, from the deck and my bath in my bedroom. Yeah, I believe that that is enough of a need for having privacy, and I would suggest that that particular window has the privacy glass 
the varying degrees of how that can be done, but one does not lose light, one just loses clear transparency. So my request would be uh, to uh, have that being granted to the DR requester with the other windows. I am not as concerned because of the distance and indeed the ability uh, to have shades and pull them when necessary, but the bathroom, I, since I'm experienced that myself, it's absolutely untenable. Thank you, is that a motion? Or do that you want to hear from- a motion, yes, please. Take DR and uh, modify it for the bathroom to be uh, have frosted or, frosted or fitted uh, glass. Okay. Yes. Second. Thank you, Commissioner Diamond. Uh, I'm still having trouble understanding how far apart the windows are. Is it a one floor up looking into a bathroom on the floor below, or is it looking straight across? There's looking right into their um, bath um, dining room. Dining room. Thank you. And then there's looking down into their proposed. I believe it's the shower and the toilet. But it's looking down a floor into the bathroom. Yes. It's not looking directly across. Correct. But I have to say, I, if it was directly across, I would be sympathetic. But it's down a floor, and I feel like shades could. Uh, take care of that problem, so I would not support taking DR on this. Thank you. Commissioner Koppel? Uh, I will be supporting uh, Commissioner Moore's motion. I literally put these windows in my own house between my own two units, just for privacy between myself and my other tenant. Thank you. Commissioner Braun? I think I'm still confused about one issue with the windows on the first floor. Um, so it looks to me in the plans like the the locations like there's currently one window in the existing first floor plan that looks into a bathroom and with the revised plans there's going to be a full bath and well really two full baths from the looks of it uh, on that same side on the first floor and there's going to be uh, now two windows in different locations um, kind of on either side of where the existing one is. is Am I reading this right, or can you clarify, please? Sure, so um, Or maybe just it looks like they're moving. Yeah, they're just yeah. shifting slightly. So um, this over here is the existing ground floor, so you can see the window right here, and then here is the uh, proposed ground floor. So there's a window here and a window here. Uh, these new windows are proposed to be high clear story windows, whereas mm -hmm. this existing window is a more of a standard window with a lower sill. And then is there, a, there's also a full bath further uh, towards the bottom of the page. And, and that bathroom also appears to have a window. Yeah, right now the existing bathroom has a window and the, the that window f shifts further down. Um, is that also clear story? What's that? Would that also be a clear story window, high window? Um, is that one clear story? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, thank you. Uh, I guess, I, I, so I just want to bring that up because Commissioner Moore, I'm, I'm curious if the motion is for frosted glass on all of those bathroom windows or just the rear one? Just the one where the adjoining neighbor has to look from her upper floor down to it. The rest, I think, is blank walls. Okay. That just so there's the one. windows on that side. That's good. Okay. Do you have any further comments, Commissioner Braun? 
Uh, no other comments. I think the, the situation on the second floor is pretty, you know, our, our standard is, is this exceptional and extraordinary, and um, it's a fairly shallow view angle, and I don't have any concerns about the, the upper level um, issues that have been raised. Great. Thank you. We do have a motion. Indeed, we have a motion that has been seconded to take DR and approve the project as proposed with uh, the bath window on the ground floor on the ground floor to be fitted with frosted or obscured glass on that motion commissioner braun aye commissioner ruiz aye commissioner diamond no commissioner imperial aye commissioner koppel aye commissioner moore aye and commission president tanner no so move commissioners that motion passes five to two with commissioners diamond and tanner voting against and concludes your hearing today, Commissioner. Great. Thank you all for an efficient and interesting hearing, and we will see you next Thursday. Adjourned.